Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a G Radio, but this time, 2016, the best games of 2016, according to this panel of gentlemen I have on the show today, it is our annual best of top 10 list video games of 2016, with honorable mentions, which, Jay, you, you can't have 30, so... Hey, man, if I want to have 50 honorable mentions, I can have 50 You can have your own today. version of the show, then... Because we don't have time for 50 honorable mentions. <laughs> how about how about just 60 then? Just just 60. No. How about how about less than 10? Let's do that. That that's hard, man. Yeah, I know, I know it's hard. It was a good year. It was a good year. Yeah. But on this panel today, we have we have Jay, as I've mentioned. Buongiorno. We have Drew. Hey. We have John. Hello. And we have a movie star. Literally. All right, all right, all right. There you go. <laughs> I just keep making movies, and they just keep giving me money. Justin is here. Justin Salini is here. Yep. That he. That, okay. <laughs> I said. I said in the flesh. I guess maybe they didn't come through. I, I, we didn't hear it. I was confused. Oh, was, weird. Okay. okay. A movie right, star. In the flesh. Movie star. YouTube star. Video game playing star. About just gamer. There we go. Okay, I'll go with that one. And uh, the Wombat is supposed to join us here in a minute. We'll see. Everybody got their list together? Everybody got it ordered? Everybody good to go? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Order, he says. <laughs> you making them last-minute yeah. changes? Oh, constantly. 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 All right, you know what? I'm going to start with John. Wow. I lied. I told you I was going to make you go last. I lied. Oh, I'm going to have to so, open up my uh, iPad then. Yeah, the way this works, basically, if you've never listened to one of these shows, is everybody gets a top ten list. Um, you can order it if you want. You don't have to, but you do have to say what your favorite game was, even if you don't Imagine if we had to come to a consensus of a top ten list, like a definitive oh, top ten list. Oh, of all us. We would kill each other. It, well, wouldn't, it wouldn't end well. It would have to come down to a democracy, and we've done that in the past. Mm-hmm. And I never feel that that is that that doesn't that doesn't give everybody's personal opinion. I think it's better to give everybody's personal. Topic. Yeah, I agree. So I don't I don't like I don't like making a consensus of like what was the best game because that doesn't really represent everybody on the show. Not everybody liked Doom. Not everybody liked Overwatch. Not everybody liked Uncharted. It's just you know everybody's different. And that's okay. Exactly. So, John. Yes. So, I guess I'm, I'll start off with um, 
my disappointments, let's get those out of the way with. Uh, there were a couple, uh, I guess. Um, one of them's really hard to give a disappointment because I played it so much, but No Man's Sky has to be a disappointment, unfortunately. Um, and considering I played about 50 hours of that thing, that's a pretty good disappointment, uh, all be told. But um, it was, yeah, it was just lacking um, in... I think content is the main issue. I wasn't one of those people who were jumping on the let's kill Sean Murray uh, uh, bandwagon or whatever. Um, When that game came out, I... Yes, it was different to what they had shown, but the multiplayer thing never bothered me. Um, The weird animals that got generated randomly made me laugh more than anything <laughs> the, the else best, the best meme of the of the year goes to <laughs> yeah. the jurassic park the jurassic park <laughs> theme song. yeah that was fantastic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was you know that stuff didn't bother me um what was disappointing was uh, i the the lack of content you know you'd played that game for five hours and then you played it for another five, and those second five hours felt no different at all. And yet um, you kept playing it for another forty. And yet I did. I know. <laughs> I know. That's where I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm mad. I must be. Uh, so that that's a weird thing for me to call it a disappointment when I had certainly got my money's worth out of it. But it's it was still a disappointment. Uh, it wasn't exactly what I'd hoped it would be. And fingers crossed uh, over the coming year they'll add more features to it that will make it a more of a, a rounded experience, but who knows? Um, the other disappointment was I am set sooner mm. just because I was looking forward to that game. Um, and you, you can't knock the art style on it. The, the art style was amazing, but everything else kind of fell flat. The music, especially, um, just felt repetitive. Um, uh, and for a game like harken back to that era where, where, the music was the thing, you know, that got people excited. Uh, it, it, it was lacking. Um, so for me, it just didn't pan out how I'd hoped. Uh, honorable mentions. I've got five. Uh, I haven't got 30. Sorry, That's James. good. Um, these are basically, uh, or most of these are games I probably may have made it into my top 10 had I played a bit more of them. Uh, so Watch Dogs 2. Uh, great fun game, just came out at the wrong time, I think, really, uh, for me to play it as much as I, I wanted to. Uh, Titanfall 2 was the same thing. Um, I was one of the people who didn't get it at launch. I held off a few weeks and was glad I did because I got it at half the price. Um, but what I've played with that, I've enjoyed. Um, Dirt Rally and Doom. Uh, Doom, I really need to play some more of that, to be fair. Um, the other game on the honourable mentions is SteamWorld Heist. I can't include it in my top ten because it came out in December last year, um, but I played a lot of that this year. Um, it came out on the Vita and PS4, and Vita is kind of my favourite place to, to play that game, uh, as it was with SteamWorld Dig. I'm um, really looking forward to seeing what those guys do this year. Um, so, I do list mine, and it's one of the hardest I've had to do. Uh, especially as we get to the top half of the list. It's been such a great game, uh, year for games. Uh, lots of lots of uh, good quality there. But obviously we have to put them in a list, and I decide to number them. So number 10 is Overwatch. I haven't played as merely, nearly as much as you guys have played, um, but I have enjoyed what I've played. Uh, solid, 
and you guys will, I'm sure, talk about this. Uh, I'm sure I bet that game is not on anyone else's list. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've it's never not. even heard of that game. I don't know what it is. Well, you mean, uh, to fun. be fair, is it is it like a Vita I... game? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking it's about? Vita don't have no games. Yeah. What are you talking about? So, it's that Wii U game. That, that Wii U game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That ten dollar downloadable title. Probably the only one that doesn't have it on his list. Should be free. Should be free to play. Is is that what that game? They they that out as well. I'm yeah. I'm sure you guys are all going to wax lyrical. You guys know. Not better than I do, but it makes my top ten because I I enjoy every minute that I play that game. I just don't play it for a massive amount of minutes. Um, it's just colourful, fun, great cast of characters, great selection of of heroes, uh, all work really, really well. And Blizzard are supporting this thing out the wazoo, um, which again I hope continues. I'm sure it will throughout. Uh, throughout the the new year, um, number nine, another first person shooter that I don't think gets m- as much props as it should. Uh, Infinite Warfare, I Great. love that single player campaign. That campaign was amazing. Yeah, mm. I'm, I must admit, not super fantastically hyped over the the multiplayer. I played a bit of it. I'm just not. I as I get older, I'm just not playing those games anymore because I'm not as fast and as good as the other people and i get very very angry when i get no scoped um so i kind of avoid uh, the multiplayer unless i'm with some friends but the single player is the best it has been in so many years um you know great story fantastic characters and there was no press speed to pay your respects which is um probably the reason why it makes my top ten. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic. Uh, number eight is Firewatch. Now, I'm not sure how many of you guys have finished that even, game. I haven't even booted it up. I, I okay. played it. Very good game. I played it's it. It's a thoroughly enjoyable game. Now, it does let itself down towards the end. Uh, I feel that they were... I think they took liberties with the story, um, but that doesn't change the fact that the dialogue between the two, two main characters, um, Delilah and Henry, the, not only the script, but the acting, it just, yeah, it was so good and it fell so into place. Um, and for, I mean, that game's maybe four hours long, give or take for three of those hours, I was spellbound. Couldn't stop playing. Um, and it is one of those games you can probably do in a, a one thing I did, but uh, anyway, there's a point that it does factor, and you do feel a little bit um, duped. I, yeah. I guess would be the right word. Cheated um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, um, but that still doesn't take away from the the experience as a whole. Um, it is definitely if you kind of like those walking simulators, and it isn't just a walking simulator, but, um, and I don't really like that term, but if you, if you're into that kind of game where it's all about, um, the environment that you're in, the characters that you're interacting with, that game is, is just first class, absolutely first class. Um, my number seven is final fantasy 15. Um, I haven't completed the game and it's, uh, I think I'm chapter eh. six, chapter seven. I think maybe. I, I think that number will go down as you go further in the game. Well, I, I'm putting I it. it it's, I disagree. It, um, Other it, than chapter it, thirteen, it, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's on my list now, so it's forever on my list. Because it's forever, it's etched in forever stone. You can't list. change yeah, it. Well, more, more games that you haven't finished getting on your top ten list, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I haven't finished Overwatch either. Me well, either. it's not a game you finished, but go on. No, I know, that was a joke. Uh, so, that, yeah, I, I've enjoyed what, the time I spent with that. I probably put 25, 30 hours in. I have done what now people say you shouldn't do and spent a bit too much time in the open world, but that's... Don't, don't listen really... to the people, John. You play that game the way you want. That's the best I way am. to enjoy it, right? Yeah. I am, Still absolutely. And I am enjoying it that way as well. Uh, the the characterizations, uh, you know, the the boy band is, you know, really comical. Uh, Prompto is, without a doubt, my favorite character. Um, uh, after finishing but... that game, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Team J with Ignis. Yes. Yeah, Iggy's yes. the best. Iggy's Yo. the best. <laughs> Iggy is the best. <laughs> and so there's some stuff that happens towards the end of that game, and Iggy is he's the man. Okay. Well, I have yet to get there, but so far, Prompt is great. Um, just the, I mean, it's a beautiful looking game. It has got its flaws. You know, the loading uh, is an issue. The car is a bit of an issue as well. Um, but they are just mod. Even things like fishing is so well done. And it's, I've spent many an hour by the side of a pond, trying to catch a bigger fish. <laughs> Sitting it's... on the dock of the bay. Yeah. Uh, and if a game can get me to do that, that means it must be pretty good, because I'm not that sort of person who'd normally, you know, uh, do that kind of side activity. Uh, so, great fun to be had. Whether, again, I, whether I feel the same at the end of my experience with that, I don't know, but it's... As I stand at the moment, it's my number seven. And as I said, that's where it will stay. Um, number six, I'm pretty sure no one will have this on their top ten. Uh, prominence Poker. I think I'm the only person. <laughs> you you are that. right. Nobody's going <laughs> to yeah, have that right. on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it seems silly. A uh, free-to-play game uh, about poker would be there. But it's so good. I spent so many hours playing that. It's <laughs> that's such all that matters. A, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's it is such a great game. And I'm, big, I'm a big poker fan. And it is, considering it's a simple idea, you know, it's poker. You, there's no stupid rule changes for playing on a video game, game console. There's none of that. There are so many games that get it wrong. Well, don't get it right. Uh Prominence, prominence got it right in the fact that they made the playing of the game fun, the creation of the you know your avatar, the unlockables that you can get through playing and winning. It's fun and it's very light on that kind of microtransaction stuff. All how of much, the stuff, how much actual real money have you spent playing that game so far, John? Zero. Very nice. Very nice. That's the thing. Pretty much most of the stuff that you can get in that game, you can pay with your dollars that you've won in the game. So there's no... I mean, there are some boosts and stuff, but those boosts can be bought with money that you've won playing poker. So if you're okay at poker, you've really got very little need to actually pump any real money into it. Um, if you and, suck at I, poker, then you're going to spend some money. And if you suck at <laughs> poker, you're not playing that game. So it's... <laughs> It's, it's it's kind of a win-win situation if you are a poker fan. Um, so, yeah, odd, odd choice to go in there, but I spent a lot of time with that game, both on the Xbox and uh, the PS4. And anyone who enjoys uh, poker should, should get on it. The, the, the code is stable. I've never been kicked from a game because there's bad net code with the, the uh, online stuff. 
Um, most people on there aren't dicks. You know, they play the game. You can. The good thing about it is that if you do get a dick on the table, it's they're easy to spot. And they're, yeah, if you get a dick on the table, it is easy to spot a dick on the table. I, I agree with the statement. All right. <laughs> Who put the dick on the table? Who put the dick on the table? <sighs> that those were your choice. That was crazy on your part. Jack. That was my fault. If there is an idiot on the table, then um, most people uh, gang up against them and they get kicked or out. A dick quite in the hands. <laughs> anyway, number five. Let's move on. To top five. Dick top on the table. On the table. <laughs> oh, it's free to play. You know, whatever. I understand Absolutely. it's worth two in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> Way to make an entrance. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so this is where it gets difficult. Um, oh. So top five. Uh, five is Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. That, oh, that game was so good. It was. It's so pretty. And I know it's technically a remake, but it came out this year and it wasn't the same as the original. So I'm I'm allowing it in my list and again it's one of those games I played and then once I completed went straight back in and did it again gotta get those weapons leveled up gotta get those cards uh, baby and gotta get those cards gotta get, yeah, those got all sets. my cards got the rhinos yeah got the, all of those and it's never a chore to play that game to collect those cards and the bits and pieces it's it's always fun uh, the weapons make it fun of course uh, Insomniac have always been good with their their weaponry, especially in the Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, uh, admittedly, there was a, a a lot of people got a bit miffed about the fact that one of the best weapons in the those games was hidden behind a, a pre order bonus, but there's still plenty to choose from. Uh, so great game, recommend that to anybody that has a PS4 and any love for those sort of platformers. Um, Number four is Forza Horizon 3. I did hum and har over the kind of positions I was going to put the top four in. Uh, I had a kind of an idea, but actually finalising was very difficult. Um, putting it at fourth feels like an injustice to, to, to Forza Horizon 3, a franchise I absolutely love. And I don't like Forza Motorsport that much, but I love what they do with Horizon, um, you know, looks amazing working on that engine, but having that open world kind of arcade feel to it uh, suits my play style more than something like motorsport does. And they just hit it out of the park this year. Uh, Australia's fantastic setting. Um, it felt a lot more open than Forza Horizon 2. Um, you could literally just pick a point on the map and drive in a straight line because most uh, of Australia is... Is is open for you to you know go through uh, meadows and deserts and forests and along the road as you're meant to. It just I don't know. It felt more. You felt like you had more freedom than the previous game. Uh, you didn't. Uh, what annoyed me about Forza Horizon Two was having to do your uh, your events and then have to drive to another area then do the events game and have to drive to another area they got rid of that it was literally pick a point on the map go there do this thing whether it be in a, a championship an event whether it be a stunt whether it be a barn find whether it be bonus boards it's just it's all there ready for you to go 
fantastic. Um, cannot wait to see what they do in two years' time. Um, number three was The Division. Again, probably a game that no one else is going to stick on their list. Um, but I cannot deny the fact that I spent about 140 hours playing that game and still dip in and out occasionally. Um, there were certainly issues with it, especially at the start. And I understand uh, Ubisoft's decision to kind of hold back the, the DLC just to make main game improvements. Um, but that game is fantastic. It is it out Destiny Destiny. Uh, and it was, for me, a lot more fun to play. And a lot of it does come from playing with friends. It was one of those games that there were um, me, three friends. We got together a couple of nights a week and we went through and, you know, did the challenges and went in the dark zone and just goofed about and had fun. Have you, have um, you gone back to the game after the patches and season yes. past stuff came out? Yes, yes. Nice. I recently went back in the past yeah, uh, couple of weeks. that game significantly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fair play to Ubisoft for doing that. Um, there's obviously a franchise that they care about and want to push forward and, uh, and make into a franchise, I guess. So you get a, a Division 2 um, out there in the next few years. Um, I think by committing to improving that game just shows their commitment to the Division. And that's a fantastic thing. Um you know the loot system's been improved dramatic uh, drastically over the uh, what past couple of months. The the world tier stuff now is quite good, so you can kind of bite off more than you can think you can chew to get that better loot, or you can take it a little bit easier. The loot's still fantastic. It's you know a lot of variety there, uh, a lot of customization that you can do, and that's like that's the one thing I like. It's like the different hats and the coats and the boots and all of those sorts. All sort of things. They put loads of that in there. That's that's just a lot of fun as well. So, yes, it could have been better, especially after the end game. But they they did get there in the end uh, with the improvements that they've made. Um, I guess down to my final two, and this was one of the hardest decisions I've had to make. Um, but number two is Uncharted Four. Um. I I I just I feel bad for not putting it my number one because I don't know why <laughs> I loved that game. That game was phenomenal. It was a perfect end uh, to that franchise. Um, yes, it's a a game about a man chasing treasure, killing people, and climbing up walls, but that's not really what it's about. Um, I thought the they cleverly introduced Sam as a character, considering he's never been mentioned in any of the previous games. I thought they how they did that was was a uh, uh, was realistic, or you know, it was it felt natural. Um, and the new characters they introduced, like Rafe, really good villain uh, Nadine. You know, she was a badass. Um, really good interaction between. Um, Nathan and Eleanor. I thought that was the the driving force of that game was the the story between them two, um, and it didn't disappoint uh, right up to the rolling of the credits. Um, it looks amazing on a pro, although you know it's not how most people play that game. Um, but then again, it also looked absolutely amazing on a standard PS4. So I, um, 
I guess it had that going for it. And that unchar- um, that Naughty Dog tech is, you know, they know how to squeeze everything uh, out of the, the PlayStation machines. Um, anyone guess what my number one is then? I know what it is. Oh, you will. Mm-hmm. No one? <laughs> no. It's like people I, don't pay attention to the games that you play, Giants. Weird. No, they don't. They don't care. Um, I feel bad for this game because yeah. it has had no love whatsoever. I think solely because the platform it was on. But Tokyo Mirage Sessions is my game of the year. That Holy game mm-hmm. is amazing. It's... It embraces its bonk, um, bonkerness, and it's absolutely crazy, batshit crazy. But it 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 doesn't care. Uh, the characters are fun, uh, especially Barry. Barry is. <laughs> Did you really Barry, like Barry that much? That he's 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 an odd character. He doesn't fit uh-huh. in that game. As the other characters, not as a, as a group, you know, all the others fit together. Um, Barry is this outsider, and literally, he is this outsider. Um, and he's a bit creepy and slightly uncomfortable. But when you get his um, his assist, when he basically just runs into the arena dressed as a massive puppy dog. I had to laugh my ass off. It was hilarious. Um, the, I mean, I don't know anything about uh, Fire Emblem. I've never played those. But, uh, you know, this has a lot of persona in it. This is pure persona, essentially. Um, the way that they do the menus, the music, the, the, the animation, it's all very reminiscent of that kind of uh, persona. And reminded me massively of uh, uh, Persona 4. Um, but it's just the way that the characters interact with each other the combat system i thought was really clever um always pushing you to try and chain attacks with these uh sessions uh as it looked bright colorful um there was a few issues i had with a couple of the levels with it that being a little bit difficult each dungeon was like a puzzle in itself and some of them were a little bit more difficult than others but that game's amazing, and it needs to be recognised what it is. Um, hence the reason why Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE is my game of the year. I, there's one important question that has to be answered, though. Mm-hmm. Does it have a dick on the table? It does not, but then Prominence, Prominence had that covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm hoping that Tokyo Mirage Sessions will eventually get like a port. They'll recognise that the Wii U version obviously didn't sell that many copies because of the platform that it was on, not mm. because of the quality of the game. So no, maybe no. it'll see like a, like a Switch remake or something like that where it get ported to like a PS4 or something like that yeah, after a certain uh, point. I would love it to to go on something like the PS4. But I, I don't, really I don't think it can, Fire Emblem. I don't either. I, th- uh, one, I think it was also funded by Nintendo, <laughs> or at least partially funded. Mm-hmm. So Maybe a Switch um, port then. Maybe. maybe um, That'd be nice. I, again, that, it just, 
I was really annoyed with the Game Awards because it didn't even have it in its category, and it didn't have a full category for RPGs. I mean, it has has The Witcher, Blood and Wine, even though that's DLC for a game. Yeah, the Game there's... Awards. Who watches those? <laughs> yeah, it's just that frustrated me. It's like that yeah. is one of the best JRPs, uh, JRPGs I've played in many a year, and it completely ignored just because it was on the Wii U. And that's unfair. Well, John, congratulations! You have inspired me to probably buy that game at one point or another. You will, you absolutely have to play it. If you've got a Wii U, if you like JRPGs, it's it's a it's a crime not to play it. <laughs> yeah, you you would like that game, Drew. I played okay. it too. Cool. All right. There so there you go. That's John's top ten. So now I'm going to jump over to to Mister Mister Movie Star Justin. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, Someone didn't bring no. his homework. No, no, no. Oh, no. I, I, I did. I, I've done, I did this a, uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, I, okay, so I guess I'll do my my honorable mentions. And I, I want to make it very clear. Like, I think everybody's choices here are going to end up being great. And even if I don't agree, like, um, what I like about stuff like this, especially when you can have a mature conversation about game of the year or your games of the year, is that it, it gives me appreciation to understand why you liked those particular games or why they resonated with you. So I can under, I completely understand what John was saying about certain games. And, and if I didn't even think about that game being in my top ten, he made it very clear why. So that's what I'm going to kind of try to reiterate here uh, on my top ten list because I know definitely there's going to be people that don't agree, but that's okay. You're wrong! Uh, I'm wrong! <laughs> I'm so wrong and I want to be right! Um, <laughs> anyway... So I guess I'll go with my honorable quick top mentions of the year, which will be five games. Um, and I guess I'll go with the first one I'd say as an honorable mention would be Mafia 3. Uh, I do think that game gets repetitive. I do think it has this gameplay loop that's kind of like, fuck, can I just get to the next story-driven <laughs> moment? And that, But that's the thing. The story is so well told, uh, well acted, well directed. Uh, if you can put yourself through that and see it, it's fantastic. And some of the main core missions are great. It's all the side content that's really a drag and getting to the main mission, like ending point that's, that's a drag. But, uh, the acting was really well done. I mean, it's like I'm watching that game and the way it was told with the, like, 19, like 1968, uh, style and then like the old like 70s 80s like uh courtroom stuff it's just really interesting the way they did it uh so that was why it would be uh in my top five uh runner-up i guess mentions honorable mentions uh, another one would be dragon quest builders very big surprise for me uh it was a game I'm, I'm not a fan of uh minecraft at all i hate building shit i'm not a fan of building anything in games uh, not even my own house <laughs> fallout 3 4 whatever <laughs> fucking shit um but that game has a great way of integrating building and yet a simple quest line sort of akin to something like Legend of Zelda. So I think it worked really well. Uh, even thinking back now, I have I never finished it, but I'm thinking, oh, I want to go play it. And then I think about building shit and I'm kind of like, uh. but I know, you know, so that's, that's kind of my apprehension there. But uh, it is what it is. So Another with, one. Um, I was going to say with. One of the things putting me off with uh, Dragon Quest Builders is uh, a few of the reviews I've read uh, state that you can't. Uh, there's no. You can't just build uh, an area and that's it and build upon it. It's all mission based. Does that ever sort of annoy you that you're putting your time in only to have it taken away and have you start again? 
I, I mean, it is kind of in a way, but I think because I'm not into these huge, like, I got to create my own worlds and this is my castle and, oh, shit, it's gone and now I got to start over. Like, it doesn't bother me. But if okay. you're one of those people that wants to build something to retain it, to be like, this is mine. Yeah, when you go to the next chapters, it's you got to start over, basically, to the new section. So it, it, it doesn't bother me. And it's because I'm not into this building stuff thing. Uh, I was more into it because of the story, the bosses, the that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it was one of those games I took over to a friend's house, and he we were playing it for hours one day uh, on his account, and it was just we just we just enjoyed it, and it was fun and silly, uh, and it's got a great aesthetic. So uh, another one that uh, I'll mention because I did enjoy my time, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as most people uh, was Inside. It's a it's creepy. It's it's like Limbo, and I loved Limbo, and I think some of the stuff behind it and the last fifteen minutes of it are fucking nuts. But uh, it to me it just didn't do anything. It def- didn't do anything really new to me. But it was still very solid in what it did, and it's it's just fucking it's a weird game. I don't even know what it was about. <laughs> but it, but it, but it but I still remember the end. Like fuck, like you can't boy, you can't a... not remember the end of that game no. if you've beaten. No, that game. you can't exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, another one that I'll mention is uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Mankind Divided. Uh, I really love the first one, Human Revolution. I thought Mankind Divided was a great step forward, but also kind of a step back. Uh, I didn't feel the the weight of the story was as intense. They didn't have as many hub areas, uh, but it still had a great sense of being able to kind of do whatever I want to do to get to a certain location or side quest uh, in the hubs and in the environment. So it, it it's still it's more this it's more of Deus Ex, uh, but I I think they dropped the ball a little bit on it on the storytelling. Uh, but still a great game. I, I really in, enjoyed that. And then I have another one I'm going to add on here that it was originally uh, in my top ten I made a couple weeks ago. But I'm going to actually move it into this and move one of my honorable mentions into my top ten. Uh, Dead Rising 4 is going to be an honorable mention. Uh, I love Christmas-themed games. You don't get very many of them. I love zombie games. I love Dead Rising. I'm not going to go into the whole Dead Rising 1, 2, versus 3, and now 4 uh, shenanigans. But... Uh, for playing just a goofy ass game about zombies and creating these crazy weapons, I, I liked Dead Rising Four, and I think it's it's a fun title. It's just not going to set the world on fire. Uh, it's just it's and it's it's at the point where everybody just wants to argue about that franchise now. So I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> just and like whatever. Uh, we'll go on moving on to the top ten games for me. Some of these uh, I've beat. Some of them I've gotten far in. Uh, some of them I haven't finished, but these are just the ones that I think really I got a good grasp on and really pulled me in. And this one's going to surprise a lot of people, but my number 10 that I've now decided is going to be Far Cry Primal. And I know that's kind of probably weird. Uh, it's a Ubisoft game, uh, and it's an open world game, and uh, it doesn't even have a great story. But Ubisoft had balls to release this. I mean, you've got no guns. You've got no, like, real vehicles. You've got mounts. You've got spears. You've got bow and arrows. You got the outdoors, and you got caveman and Neanderthalic and nudity, yeah, all that stuff. And it was just very—it's a very bold move for them. And I'd like to see them take Far Cry into various directions because uh, I think that would make it more interesting than guns and vehicles every damn time and some drug cartel, you know, bad guys. I think that was really neat, and it really pulled me in. And the moment I just lost it was when a guy pees on you. Yes, you get pissed on in Far Cry Primal. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it R. Yeah. Kelly? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> I'm gonna piss on you. Drip, 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 pee on drip, you. Drip, drip, pee on you. Uh, number nine is gonna be Gears of War 4. Uh, I had a blast with Gears of War 4. 
Uh, I think it's in good hands. I do, I do uh, kind of put the same uh, feeling of Gears of War 4 that I had on Star Wars The Force Awakens. So let me explain. What I mean is you have a new, new team of people making something in an existing franchise, and I think they play it safe a little bit. And they kind of, you know, they kind of adhere to their fan, the fan base and the fan base that has been brought up. But they interject enough new stuff to kind of make it their own, but still not, they don't push it too far to the limit. And I feel like that's how Force Awakens was for me. And I still loved it. And I, and I still love Gears of War 4. I feel like they played it safe a lot of ways, but I feel like it was kind of like their chance to prove we can make Gears just as good as the other Gears. And then we can hopefully spin it into their own. So that's why it's on my list, and I have really uh, high expectations for the next two if, they, if they're making it a new trilogy. So I, I hope it pans out, but I, but I have faith. They didn't bring it out and me and be like, well, this sucked. This is serious shit now. You know, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, my number eight, which was also on John's list, is going to be Ratchet and Clank. Uh, he said it all pretty much, but that game is freaking great. Uh, if you like the original, this is just like a movie, was a game based off a movie based off a game, as they worded it. Uh, and it's true, and there's some additions some people might not like, and there's some subtractions from the original games. But overall, it's a beautiful game. It runs well. It looks freaking great. Uh, and it's just fun, like you said, it, John. It's just one of those games you play, and it's just, I don't know, It's not. It's, to me, it's not even a stressful kind of game. It's just kind of no. like, this is... No, it's... It... It's just it's just a game that you can just crack on with. You kind of know the ins and outs, especially after you've played it like the once. You know yes. how it all works, and you can just sit back. And, and there's something therapeutic about watching all the bolts spin around <laughs> you. And I don't know what it is. Always. I know a purist will probably scream from the PS3 days, it's not 60 frames fucking per second, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> it looked great. Uh, number seven is going to have to be Dark Souls 3. I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about this franchise. We've had an iteration of the Souls series pretty much every freaking year. Uh, so it's not to say that uh, there isn't much to, to love or hate about Dark Souls 3. Uh, but, I mean, it, I thought it, it was a, a good experience. Uh, it's frustrating as ever. But FromSoft has a soft spot in my heart because even though these games are extremely challenging a lot of times or take patience most of all, it's just their their level design and their their enemy designs are like top tier in my opinion out of a lot of companies. Especially, I mean, these guys were low, uh, probably a, considered a lower tier uh, development team at one point from their various games they've been doing over the years. Uh, but they they finally have kind of escalated themselves even higher, and I think it's it's shown through this series through through uh, Bloodborne, and uh, it's just one of those, those franchises like. It's kind of like you bring it up and people either love it or hate it, and most people that hate it, it's just—it's not even so much that they don't like the aesthetics. It's just—it's too—it's just hard. It's a fucking hard franchise, and even I get moments where I'm like, I'm fucking done with this game. <laughs> like I'm done. I'm leaving the house. I need to go for a walk because, uh, and you know, and as you get older too, you're like my blood pressure's rising. Fuck, my cholesterol's bad today. Not a good day to play Dark Souls three. <laughs> you don't—you anyway. don't go for a walk. You—you you go for a dodge roll. That's true. A dodge roll. <laughs> Uh, my number, my number six is gonna have to probably be Dishonored too. Uh, Dishonored was one of those games that I, when I played it originally, the first one, I kind of fucking hated it. I really, really did. Uh, I was Me just and you trying, both, brother. Yeah, I, 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 
I really, really did. And I know some people probably still dislike the franchise, and that's fine. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I was trying to do tons of action, and I got frustrated. And then I was trying to do tons of stealth, and I just couldn't feel a good balance. I eventually restarted the game, kind of took it at a slower pace, realized it's more of a game about taking in your environment, uh, reading the notes, and and that's kind of all uh, transitioned to two. It's it's the same kind of thing. I I feel like it's one of those games that. Uh, the more time you put into it and the kind of slower pace is, is deliberate, if you go in expecting to just plow through levels and to just get through the environments and not really take the game in, which is kind of my way of saying, well, you're not playing it right. But, I mean, it's it's it's. I think that's where you'll see the difference between some people that really enjoy it and some people that don't. And so I thought Dishonored 2 took it up a notch from the first, added a ton of new things. They could have done a little bit more with it, but honestly, I mean, some of the level designs, like the, the I can't remember the name of the level, but the one that, like, transforms was just insane to me uh, it was like mansion. i think yeah that was one of the coolest moments in a game this year i was like wow the, confusing the best part is the best part about that level is you can get through the entire thing without really transforming the mansion see and and see that that's that's kind of you put a point on on this franchise what i like about it is you talk to various people and you'll figure out shit that you didn't even know existed in the game uh, like that, I didn't know that was possible. Like so, that's freaking awesome. And I, and that's happened with the first game and this game. So again, that's why Dishonored Two takes the top level. It's a it's a it's probably the closest thing to a thief type game you can get uh, nowadays. Uh, maybe Sands of like Hitman or something. But for for that style, the first person and just exploration, it's it's just great. It, it's not for everyone, but it's if you can get in that mindset and really get into that sneaking and solving and moving and combat. I, I like how it just has it, it, the approach for it. It lets you do combat really well or stealth really well, depending on which one you want to do or just want to mix them up. And then I've also heard they're adding in updates for it so you can do like New Game Plus and you can use both abilities from both characters. So that's pretty cool. And I like it when games kind of support themselves later, like kind of like much like The Division. Uh, and they try to improve and add things that maybe players want. So that's a cool thing. Um... Moving on to my number five, I'm going to say is Titanfall 2. Uh, Titanfall 1 I liked, but I'm not a big multiplayer guy. I never have been. You guys all know that. Um, I don't play Overwatch, so it's not on my list. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yes, uh, I, I, I always wanted a campaign in Titanfall, and Titanfall 2 brings a campaign that not only did I think was fantastic, but just one of my favorite ones I've ever played. Uh, and I know some people will agree, disagree, but I just think the way they they integrated the combat and the platforming was phenomenal. Like run, platform, like so for example, um, to comment, I played um, also Infinite Warfare and I did enjoy that one. It didn't make it on any of my lists, but I did enjoy it. I thought this, the campaign was really well done, and they added wall running in one of I think the one of the prior prior campaigns for Call of Duty after Titanfall. I want to say the original. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's a, they barely use that in, in Call of Duty, which is fine. It, you know, you don't have to. But in Titanfall 2, it's kind of a, you have to use it. Uh, they even integrate it into their puzzles, uh, which has a, an amazing level in Titanfall 2 where you're actually going back and forth between time and you have to do uh, platforming and make one platform appear in another time and jump off a wall and make it appear back in the other time. And it was a very, very crazy, crazy level. Add in the mechs, add in the crazy the the monsters, the other corporation. It, it just Titanfall Two is like a if I had to put a movie to it, like something like John John Woo would have directed Titanfall Two. It, it's just over the top, uh, and I really liked it. I didn't play much of the multiplayer. What I did was enjoyable, but for me, it was all about the single player, and that's why I, I loved it. 
Uh, four. Well, this has to come right after. Doom. Doom's badass. I don't know how much more I can really say. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fucking Doom, and they brought it back hardcore. Like, I liked Doom 3, but it was slower paced. It, 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 I enjoyed it, but it, this Doom takes the aesthetics of, like, Doom 3, ups the ante, and brings it back to that platforming. Well, I don't even say platforming, but brings it back to that intense, just, like, gauntlet of enemies that can come flying your way while trying to avoid their the intensity. And then the boss battles. Holy fuck. <laughs> so, Doom is one of those games I think that, I don't know, if you're a first-person shooter fan, I think it's, like, has to be played. Like, has to be played. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, now, now number three is kind of interesting. I haven't taken the time to finish, but I'm. I don't. I the reason I haven't I haven't finished this one is because I'm kind of scared to. Um, and that's the Last Guardian. <laughs> this game has issues out the wazoo from the camera to some of the 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 trying to figure out where to go because this game doesn't hold your hand it's it, it is very much you know you can tell it was made or started developing back in the day because this game doesn't tell you exactly where to go it, it's very cryptic at times and you're wandering around there's dead ends and you're like where do i go am i supposed to go this way little did you know you were supposed to have trico put you up on a mantle over on the complete opposite end of a room and you're like well i'm dumb um and he won't you know won't respond to you sometimes which didn't happen to me too much but I've heard everybody talk about how this game ends, and I've already enjoyed it so much from its aesthetics to the gameplay that is there. That this is like kind of like uh, adventurous, uh, you know, set piece moments, uh, and the development and the bond between the the two characters. And and I already have that bond. I'm a I'm a dog owner, and it totally uh, reminds me of that that uh, that that teamwork or that oh, what's the word I'm thinking for here that. Uh, relationship you you bond with your pets and it's weird because it's a fucking video game uh but i've i i don't know how the game ends uh i i think i'm like you know i'm i think i'm almost about halfway through it but i'm scared to keep playing and i think it's just because i'm scared what's going to happen and that's kind of a testament to how well i think they did in the game uh, on this uh relationship so that's why it's uh number three uh number two funny enough is the same as john's which is uncharted uh, and, uh, that one to me was just insane from the visuals to the storytelling. Uh, I, you know, I'm not one to say I can't admit a game has flaws. Uh, it's pacing's a little off. It's a little slow at the beginning and there's a lot of platforming, uh, which I didn't mind. I enjoyed the slower moments, uh, but it really ratchets up near the end and things get crazy. And I really like how they resolve the, the overall storyline of Nate, uh, and Elena and all the characters, and I think the reason it resonated with me really well on a personal level is because uh, uh, I, uh, you know, when I first played the original game, it was ah, fuck. I think I was in my twenties. Uh, now I'm in my mid uh, mid thirties almost, and uh, I just felt like you know, in a way, Nate was going through this like I can't be doing this stuff anymore, and I need to be an responsible adult. And in my life, it was like, well, I mean, I'm just playing fucking video games. I'm not going out on grand adventures. But in a way, I was like, you know, I get it. He's going through changes in his life. He's getting older. He's starting to think about different things that are more important to him, things that aren't as much of a necessity. So it kind of hit me on a personal level why 
for his what he was going through on that on that base core like things are changing i'm getting older and so it hit me really well you know now i have a uh you know when i when i played the first one i was single didn't have a kid didn't have a wife now i'm you know the father of a two-year-old you know i'm married and so it just puts it kind of all in respect retrospect and i just it hit me really well and i loved i just love that experience and it looks naughty dog's great they fucking they rock the house with their graphics i don't think anybody can deny that so and then my number one game uh, and I'll explain why, because it's fucking definitely not perfect, is Final Fantasy XV. Um, <clears throat> Final Fantasy XV, I will say, is not my game of the year because of its story. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it, the story is convoluted. It's all over the fucking place. Uh, it slows down. It picks up. It ends fucking amazing. But the in-between is like, what the fuck is going on? And, and who was writing this? And what happened? Which is fine. I mean, it happens. It's weird for me to say it's in my game of the year because of that. But at the same time, uh, I, I will. I, I can't deny that this game had me playing like for a two week period, almost nonstop. Anytime I had free time, and 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 normally in the today's today's age of of, of me being a father uh, and and married, I don't have much time for games. But there's sometimes games that come out and they just drive me to play them. Anytime I have time and I'm just hooked on them. And this game just totally unexpectedly did that. Like every waking minute I could play a video game, I was on Final Fantasy. I haven't played through Final Fantasy this fast since probably Final Fantasy 7 or 8. Like I was just totally enthralled even though it's a dumpster fire in some ways when it comes to its presentation and story um the combat is just really uh fast paced it's it's crazy it's over the top it looks fun like it looks good to watch uh it's not as tactical i don't think as prior games which is a little unfortunate to me but i still really enjoyed it uh the end game is amazing and i will say the one thing i do like though is if you do take your time with it and you're trying to explore and you're trying to you know talk to npcs or listen to the radios there is more story context in hidden things from conversation pieces through the characters while you're fighting to the radio banter to even there's a cutscene in there you can miss with luna if you don't i think if you don't talk to a certain person in town that you can miss which i don't know why they made that uh optional it should have just been a mandatory cutscene. um but it's uh it to me those little details almost made it uh it just made it more interesting that you could do world building in that way, but at the same time, it's no excuse that the the story they do show up front and center. It just it leaves a lot to be desired, and it's unfortunate because I think the bad guy in this game was pretty fucking crazy, and I think he could have he could have been like top, almost top top level number one bad guy in a Final Fantasy if they had more time to develop these characters. And that's kind of like the overall problem. This game doesn't give you n- enough time, and they don't develop enough for you to really care as much as you should uh, in this game and in this story. But that being said, it's my number one because I played the shit out of it more than any other game consistently and that quickly. I think I put like over 50-something freaking hours in two weeks, which I never do. I'm not Jay. So <laughs> I, I never that, That's that. a weekend like, for him. What are you talking about? I know, about? I know. And that's how it used to be for me. I could get through <laughs> Final Fantasy seven, eight on a weekend back in the day. Not anymore. But I just couldn't stop playing. And and like I said, I can admit it's it's got issues out the ass. But uh, I couldn't – I was addicted and it's – it's the most I've played a game in a long time that consistently. So that's why it's my game of the year, and I'm going to shut up now. So thank you for all for listening. All right. Lummo. Wait, what? What? Oh, I thought someone. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go. I'm going to do right. this. Do it. You're do it. Do yours, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get it over with. You know how it feels. 
Okay. So I got six honorable mentions. I did have five, and then I forgot a game. Uh, <laughs> just one I wanted to talk about because it was so recent was uh, Shantae and the Half Genie Hero. Oh, nice. I, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that game. Uh blasted through it in like a week, and I just really liked that game. Um couple of these other games are little smaller games that I just felt like I wanted to talk about because they had such an impact on me this year, but one of them was Anima, The Gate of Memories. I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah you, you, you really championed that game for a while, Ken. I've really, really enjoyed that game, even though its direction is is very not good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's very hard to tell what you're supposed to do when you're supposed yes. to do it. Um, yes. but there's so many pieces of that game that I really, really, I really enjoyed, like the the creepy story, the the set pieces, the character designs, uh, and the combat felt like I I don't want to I don't want to lessen it by calling it a cheap version of Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, but that's kind of what it is. It is. It is. Um, but I really enjoyed that game. Another little small game, and this is weird because it was originally a phone game, <clears throat> was uh, Oceanhorn, Monster mm-hmm. of the Uncharted Seas, uh, the best original type Zelda game that came out this year. If uh, if you have love for Link to the Past or any Zelda games, I think you should play that game. It's really, really it's good. on my list. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, another one that nobody's talked about yet, Shadow Warrior 2. I really like that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, looking forward to playing it on the consoles because I know they've updated a lot of it, so hopefully that'll be in that version. Um, but, yeah, really, really fun game. Uh, Infinite Warfare is in my honorable mentions. That campaign was amazing. Uh, most fun I've had with a first-person shooter campaign outside of one other game this year, which we'll talk about later. Uh, then finally, ReCore. Uh, oh, yeah. Despite the really piss-poor way the end game and that thing works, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of that game reminded me of those mid-tier you know, $40 games from last generation that we just don't get anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoyed that game. That platforming, man. Yeah, it's the the bots, the platform, just the world. Even though a lot of it is empty, which is disappointing, but I really like that game. All right, so let's jump into the top ten. Number ten, I think only other one other person on this show may have the respect and love for this game that I have. But stories, the path of destinies, mm-hmm. number ten, that game. Oh man, I played through that game seven times. Yep. Um, and I still haven't got all the endings. There's what, like twenty one or something like that. There's a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just loved the character. I loved the narrator. It reminded me a lot of Bastion in that aspect. Um, the combat was very, very tight. Felt really good, uh, and I really like the aesthetic of that game. <clears throat> uh, number nine is Final Fantasy fifteen. I finished that game, uh, really enjoyed it, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, as much as we've talked about that game, all of the, the issues have been brought up, there's a lot of inconsistency in that game, um, it, and it, it, it's just like Justin said, it's it's like a roller coaster, like that game starts mm-hmm. off amazing, it starts to grow tedious, it picks back up, it starts to grow tedious again, then chapter 13 happens, and I think it's the worst game ever made. And then I and then I play chapter fourteen and I'm like, holy shit, that 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 conclusion was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I really enjoyed that game a lot, even even through its problems. Uh, number eight is Forza Horizon three, um, probably the best racing game I've played since the Project Gotham series. Okay. Um, that game is so good, and if you haven't played the Blizzard Mountain yet, you should go do that. 
That's really good, too. I, ha- I actually haven't yet, either. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's so good. I mean, they literally drop you off on top of a snow mountain and let you drive down the side of it in the beginning. And it's kind of incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, number seven. Another game that had a lot of issues, but I'll be damned if I didn't love every every story beat in Mafia 3. Um, and I kind of went back and played that recently, as, as I did with a lot of these games on my top ten. And and just the world, like, is unlike any other open world game. Like, the, the city of New Orleans and, like, the swamp areas. Mm-hmm. And, man, when you get to those story beat missions in that game, they are so good. Um from the preacher talking about how he shouldn't have done what he did and and seeing the the um oh Donovan in the court sessions and just mm-hmm. I just anybody who thinks that anybody besides Lincoln Clay was the best character of the year, I, I, I will argue till the day I die because I love his character in that game. Yeah, and best use of licensed music I think too. Oh god, that. yeah. I mean can we can we not just say paint it black and be done? Holy shit. Yeah. Man, that game. Love it, and 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 like you said in in your list, it's it's totally got its you know issues with the open world stuff, mm-hmm. and if they'd have streamlined a lot of that and made like a tight fifteen to twenty hour game instead of the thirty to forty hour it's game, phenomenal, man. yeah. Uh, number six, uh, and surprise you, John, the division. Um, I spent eighty hours. Good point. Yeah, I spent eighty Good hours point. in that game, and I love it. It is a third person shooter version of Diablo, man. With the colored loot laying all over the floor, it's beautiful. Um, and they really have improved that game yeah. <clears throat> over time. And, and, and what I like about their improvements is they're different. Like you've got your kind of horde style mode with the underground, and then you've got the survival mode, which is really cool. And very difficult. <sighs> Extremely difficult. <laughs> um, but no, I, I and that game played really well. I, I I thought it felt tight, and it was just yeah. I like that game a lot. Uh, number five, Uncharted 4. Um, you know, everybody said everything about that game. But the one thing that I remember about that game is from the time I started it to the time I finished it, I was having fun. And there's mm. a lot of games that can't do that anymore. Um, it's it's the equivalent of a big blockbuster summer movie that's that's kind of dumb but kind of super entertaining at the same time. And I just had a lot of fun playing through that game. And it looked... It doesn't hurt that it looks fucking amazing. <laughs> Number four, speaking of things that look amazing, Ratchet and Clank. Man. You know, I, I never was a really, you know, like, champion for that series. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. They certainly... They certainly poisoned the well with how many games they made in that series over the years. And some missteps with things like that awful one thing where you had like a horde mode with four players or something, some weird thing. Well, you had the yeah the all for one, which was the four player one, which wasn't great. There was the tower defense kind of one that wasn't great. Like that series has been all over the place. But like John said, if you have a PS4, you should play Ratchet and Clank. It's really just that good. My number three is a game that's not going to be on anybody else's list, I'm guessing. Mm. But the King of Fighters 14 wow. is mm, the best fighting game, I think, that came out this year. You are, well. 
I, I by a mile, I think it's the best fighting game that came out this year. Opinions. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is my I'm list. Sure, I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sure what <laughs> came out. I say you're wrong. But just the sheer amount of characters, and regardless to what anybody said, I liked the art style. I I never had an issue with it. Um, the fan services in that game, and after the disappointment that came from Street Fighter V, a game launching you know with a goddamn arcade mode, <laughs> like seriously. But no, I I really, really, really like that game. I just like the diverse cast characters. I love the way it plays. I think it feels good. And it's fun. And it's it's simple enough for people who suck at fighting games like me to enjoy. But it's also deep enough for, like, you know, actual tournament players to get into, which I think is, is hard to do in this day and age. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the top two, man. I fought on this probably I've fought on this for like six months number two number two is Overwatch whoa so, I wasn't expecting that um, I have not loved a multiplayer game this much since Halo 2 and and what's funny about this is I say this and it makes it sound like Overwatch is not it, it somehow demeans Overwatch but I have 250 hours in Overwatch you know, I haven't put 250 hours in a game in probably a decade. That game is amazing. Not even Mortal Kombat? Nope. Mortal Kombat, I put about 100 what? hours in. Injustice, the first one, I have about 130 hours in. Wow. So, and and part of the reason why I play Overwatch so much is because I have people to play with. If I was playing by myself, I don't think I would have put as much time into it. Not that it's not good, but it's so much better when you're playing with other people. Um, but no, that game, and into 2017, will probably be one of my most played games of this year. It's that good. Which leads you to number one, which is not a question on anybody's mind, but it's Doom. Doom is the only game that I spent 15 hours in that felt like two. I never wanted it to end. I smiled from ear to ear. From the moment from the moment the shotgun cocks with the music in the first level, to hopping around on platforms avoiding the final bosses, it's that game is immaculate. And being a person that grew up, and the first PC I bought was to play Doom. It it really it really hit home how much I love that series, and there is no better first person shooter this generation. And I might argue last generation than that game. It's just so refined. And if you dig into it, there's so much lore and story built into that game that you don't even notice unless you're paying attention. And it's beautiful. The flavor text on the zombie description or the demon descriptions is just incredible. And if I could... That is the one game this year that I would totally forget and replay again and again and again. So there you go. Alright. Bravo. I cool. fought hard. I fought hard for number one. It hurt. I'm surprised, yeah. I'm really actually shocked. <sighs> up to the up to like this morning I was still debating really? which one I was going to put at number one. 
I always thought it was going to be Doom anyway. Yeah, it's it, there are certain franchises in my life that when you bring them back, Mortal Kombat, Doom, you know, StarCraft, they're hard to take away from me. Yeah. They just are. Overwatch any other year would have been my game of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not this year cuz you know, there's a little fighting game coming out this year that I might be kind of excited for. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on. Drew, you want to go? Sure. All right. I got my list and everything. All right, you do this. Okay, uh, let's start out with the disappointments because everybody <laughs> knows I'm so uh, negative. I want to get my negatives out of the way before negative I start talking Drew. about Oh, Mr. No- I bet I can guess one. Mm, you know both of them. Yeah, I do. I do. There's two of them. Uh, the first one's pretty easy. It's No Man's Sky. Uh, that's on everybody's disappointment <laughs> list. Um, I didn't even need to mention it. <laughs> no Man's Sky, I think, is a victim of its own hype. Um, and I think that I I would say with more time, they could have done something better. Um, but here, here's my testament to no man's Sky. I bought that game, pre-ordered it day one, got it home, played three hours of it. The next day I played two hours of it and then it sat on my shelf for three months before I traded it in. I had no desire whatsoever to go back to that game. I I probably jumped to about five systems and said, wow, this is exactly the same. I don't want to play this anymore. You know, this so. is this is the one game, and I don't think I'd say this about almost any other game, but this game would have been the greatest $20 early access game ever made. Oh, yeah. Which originally everybody thought that was what it was going to be. Yeah, and then it, it just so much surrounding it from you know Sony hyping it, and then when it flops, Sony being like, "Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have talked about it so much." And you're like, "Yes, that was the weirdest thing." Was Sony was basically throwing them under the bus. Now, don't get me wrong, I fell into the hype too because I listened to Sean Murray, and Sean Murray lied his fucking ass off in some th- in some instances. He did, and I feel bad for the guy because. I think he was getting pressure from Sony to be like, "Hey, you need to really hype this game. You know, we're we're putting a lot of money into it and stuff like that." It's it, No Man's Sky is the biggest tragedy of 2016. Yeah, it really is, and it's sad because I like yeah. Sean Murray, and a lot of people forget, like when after they announced that game, remember their office got flooded. Yeah, and like those those guys went through so much shit, and mm-hmm. now they're going through even more shit. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but that is one of my biggest disappointments, um, which I, I should have seen that coming Yeah. when when I pre-ordered that game. But uh, the other biggest disappointment for me, and it's one nobody's actually touched on really much yet, is Street Fighter V. Well, it's not going to be on anybody's list, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why is because I'm a fighting game fan that does not have a home anymore. Because Street Fighter V... When that game launched, there was no way to play a standard three-round match against the AI. What in the flying fuck were they thinking? That's a good question for a lot of the decisions in that game when it launched. And then they had the audacity to try and sell you DLC before the game even comes out and that you haven't even finished the game yet. And we've caught flack before for for kind of trashing on Street Fighter Five, but I'm sorry. As good as that fighting game actually is, like the, like the actual playing of the game, what they had there was unfinished. Yep. And 
me being the Street Fighter guy that works for this website, it fucking devastated me to see the game in this sort of way. I reviewed that game and gave it a 5.5, which blows my fucking mind. <laughs> it still and blows just, my mind. <laughs> and I, I, I just like, oh my god, how could they release a game in this state? You know, hardly any tutorial. There was stuff in the game that I didn't even know you could do because it didn't tell you you could do it. And then later on, they patch in a, a bullshit tutorial that is it's videos. It's not even hands-on tutorials. And I was like, what the fuck? You still don't teach me how to play the fucking game. This this game feels a lot like Destiny, where they're putting Band-Aids on it, and the Band-Aids are not solving the problems of the game. No. I, like, I, I honestly have not went back to that game in since... The second DLC, like the first, like when Guile released, that was when I went back to it, and I was just like, "Yep, I, I don't care." And then, like the the broken state of the online play for three weeks, you couldn't even get into a game. Well, not and only that, but the online is required to like collect your fight money. Yeah, and then fight on top of that, like money. having to stay online. Like I saw tournaments being played. That during a match, they would get a, a online error and it would screw up the match. I was like, what are you fuckers doing? And then how they treated stuff like on the PC version where they added this thing where anybody could like totally break into your fucking computer yeah, and you had a, to install it. A backdoor. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that game, man. But I don't. That, that game is, is, is very depressing. Hey, Akuma just came out. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 how much? <laughs> oh, he's, he's five bucks or the new season pass is what? 30? Is it 30 for the season pass? I don't know. Season I have two? not paid attention to any of this. Well, their, their DLC pricing makes DOA look cheap. Like, mm. was it costumes are like four or $5 a piece? And some of the stages are like $10. Yeah. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like those costumes how do you are cool. Re- how do you redeem that game? You you have to scrap it and relaunch it, which they have said they're not going to do. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you make a new game? Is that what you do? I mean, it, but then again, you've already kind of burned everybody because I heard it's like it was a really bad seller for them. Yeah, I think it's – I forget what the numbers were that came in, but it did not do well. And a lot of people in the scene even reverted back to 4. 4? Because Ultra Street Fighter 4 is a better game. Yeah. It's depressing because that game is like when you talk about video games, you talk about certain franchises, and that's one of them. And to see it launch like this is just so basically Sony and uh, exclusive third party companies making games for them has not turned out too well so far. Uh, They had a bad year for first party exclusives. (laughs) Well, third you know outside developers making first party exclusives. Yeah. So now we move on to my honorable mentions. Uh, these are games. So it, it, it's weird. So, uh, first one's uh, Paper Mario Color Splash. Um, a lot of people didn't play that game, and I kind of get why. It, it got it got a lot of flack because because it's like, on the Wii U. <laughs> well, not just that, but because it's like, oh, it's not a real Paper Mario game. Yeah, and that's kind of true. The combat is completely useless in that game, but it makes up for it in its writing. And its look, 
and just the like the overall charm. That game is huge. If you it's look an at adventure the adventure game, yeah. If you look RPG at the code. map, yeah. If you look at the map, that game is freaking huge. Uh, and I enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, yeah, the combat was, uh, you know, I didn't need it, but you know, I would love to see them go back to like the old school Paper Mario roots. You know, just make a fucking RPG. I feel I feel like if people are saying so, that it's on my list too. Uh, but I feel like if people are uh, uh, saying it's not a real Paper Mario game, it's because they really haven't played the last couple Paper Paper Mario games. Yeah, um, they, they've kind of because I didn't feel like it was really all that different. Um, than some of the more recent entries with Paper Mario. Yeah. So. Uh, my next honorable mention is a game called Hue. I, I reviewed that game. Yeah, the color game. Yeah. That's actually a really cool game. Because um, I was, oh good, another indie arts <laughs> platformer. There was a couple um, of those this year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, oh god, I don't want to do oh, this. But, but come to find out, that's actually a really cool little uh, puzzle platforming game that utilizes some pretty interesting mechanics. It's it, it's a lot more puzzle than just you know trying to make it to a certain platform kind of thing. Um, and I highly suggest it to people. That I actually really enjoyed that game. Uh, another honorable mention: Final Fantasy 15. I have not put enough time into it to make a decision. I think. Um, You're you still know, in the bring, hinterlands. No, I'm not actually. I'm, oh. in, I, I'm in chapter six at the beginning of chapter six. Um, but I stayed in the hinterlands for a long time. <laughs> um, uh, another game uh, on my honorable mentions that I really enjoyed, and uh, me and my girlfriend played it together was Oxen Free. I've heard good things about that game. Oh yeah, that was good. Oxen Free has some of the most realistic sounding dialogue I've ever heard where I think they just like they had their voice actors sit down and say, okay, read this line. And they like, Oh, well we fucked up the line. That's fine. We're going to leave it in because it sounds like people like, and sometimes they'll stammer over their words or something like that. And it sounds genuine. Um, and it had some legit creepy moments in it. Um, it's a little short, but it's kind of like one of those quick adventure games. Um, and it was surrounded by a really cool mystery. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. There are multiple endings to it based on what you choose to do. Um, and I really liked all the characters in it. Um, I think they did a really good job, and I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see what they have next. Also, the soundtrack was fantastic. It sounded like a weird John Car- Carpenter kind of sounding soundtrack. It's really great. Um, another game, uh, honorable mention, uh, Severed. Uh, so it originally came out on Vita, but I played the uh, Wii U version. It's a really good game. Um, Drinkbox knows how to make video games, and they did a really good job with Severed. It's very interesting, something that I had never seen before. Um, combat's really fluid. It makes you think. And uh, I highly suggest anybody's got a Vita or a, a Wii U. Yeah, I um, reviewed the Vita version. I would also second that motion too. Mm. The uh, the way they use the the touchpad interface for the combat very intuitive. Is is you pick it up immediately as soon as you pick it up, and uh, yeah, it just got a really interesting narrative and this atmosphere that just really just uh, just crushing. It's creepy. Yeah, like that. Very. That yeah, very creepy. Uh, and then another honorable mention is World of Final Fantasy. I um I really enjoyed that Final Fantasy Pokemon game. It's uh, it's it's very kid friendly. Uh, some of the dialogue is a little annoying because it is so kid friendly. Um, 
but it's it's a solid game and it looks great. Like I really love the look of that game. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my honorable mentions. Uh, going into my top ten games of the year, uh, number ten is Monster Hunter Generations, which I think Jay may have on his list. <laughs> nice. Um, that once again another. Anytime a Monster Hunter game comes out, it's gonna be good. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all there is to it. I mean, that's one of Capcom's like that's their at this point probably their flagship title. It's it's incredible that on one hand Capcom can make games as incomplete as Street Fighter Five, and then on the other hand they can put out something as amazing and content filled as Monster Hunter Generation, which gets yeah. a one year of free DLC content that's significant. Yeah, it just keeps going, and every game has been good. It's so consistent. Yeah, but it's uh, they it's kind of like a greatest hits generations is where they they have you go to all the other villages from the previous games. Uh, they bring up back a few uh, monsters that we hadn't seen in a while, and then we also add four brand new ones. Um, that's a great game. Uh, it's it's really good in co op. Um, I know me and Jay played a good amount of it, and um, yeah, I mean it's Monster Hunter, and everybody says, "Is this the one you can jump into if you if you haven't tried it before?" The last you're, you're one never, was, you're never going to get that game. Yeah, the last one was a pretty good jumping on point. This yeah. one is also a pretty good jumping on point. I think the last one had a had a better tutorial and yeah. ease of combat. But the thing about Generations is that it adds styles to your already very in-depth weapon selection, mm-hmm. and that changes up the gameplay significantly. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you learn learn the various styles and what they can do for you in particular, then it might suit the way you like to play games better. Yeah. I think people who don't like Monster Hunter should just go play Tokiden. Uh, Tokiden? The, 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 the ones that want to play Monster or Hunter. Or Soul but, Sacrifice. Yeah, that the can't yeah, get yeah, into them. Like, I, I really got into Tokiden. Yeah, yeah. Tokiden was really cool. Ragnarok Odyssey is another good one. Yeah, yeah Ragnarok Odyssey is a great game if you want a light Monster Hunter experience. Also very reminiscent of the first Fantasy Star. Yes. Mm-hmm. Online. Oh, PC, PSO. Oh, God. Take me back. <laughs> Take uh, me back see. to Dreamcast, oh, baby. Oh, PSO was so good. Yeah, it was. Oh. I played on the GameCube, and I had that gigantic GameCube controller that had a keyboard. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that thing was amazing. If yep. fucking Sega would just localize PSO two, we'd all be okay. You know, PSO was the first MMO I've ever played in my life. Now that I think about it, that's crazy. Did you feed yeah. your mag regularly? I did. Oh yeah, of course, man. Oh, I mean, max that shit. You gotta have those ultimate abilities and oh, stuff, man. Oh god, man. <laughs> but uh, I had one. It was a dolphin that that uh, healed everybody. Yes, <laughs> I had that one too. Oh. Um, number nine is a game that I don't think is going to be on anybody's list. Um, except for maybe Jay, but then again, it may not be. Uh, had some problems, but I still enjoyed the living crap out of it. XCOM 2. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, that game came out last year. <laughs> well, the console um, versions came out this year. Yeah. XCOM 2 came out in January, I think, or February. Yeah, XCOM came out this year, man. Okay, yeah. okay. I know the yeah, console XCOM. versions launched in, like, what, September? Yeah, it recently. It originally came out in February 5th for the PC yeah. version. Oh, okay. I thought it came oh, yeah, out last year on PC. Nope. Huh. No, it got delayed. Um, it was meant to be last year, I think. Fucking year, man. Yeah. 
So, uh, XCOM 2, uh, they changed up a little bit. Still feels very uh, similar, but um, uh, the whole meta game is is what really changed. Um, it's still difficult as hell. Uh, there was some major bugs in the PC version when they first yeah. launched, which now they have ironed out. Um, but I still enjoyed the crap out of the game. I don't know what it is, because normally I don't like these kind of games where if you make one wrong move, you're fucked. But it's so rewarding sometimes whenever you get that perfect shot. Um, and uh, But then it's also so fucking heartbreaking when you're fucked. <laughs> you miss you miss that 88% shot point blank and just die inside a little bit. Yeah. Yep. That's there. I think it was just the time limits that bugged me in that one. They really pushed that a lot in this they one. They did. They did, yeah. That was it, though. Um, number eight, another game that I I don't know if anybody's going to have it on their list. Uh, the Witness. That game made my head that hurt. <laughs> that, that game made my head hurt, too, but my God, was I addicted to that game. I thought, like... It blew my mind that as simple as you draw a line from one point to another could be so fucking difficult. I just felt like um, Jonathan Blow was sitting on a webcam laughing at me while I was playing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're not as smart as me, fucker. Um, I, I, I will say I'm not as smart as Jonathan Blow. Uh, but I really enjoyed that game. And I think it was the world itself. You know what? It, it reminded me of Mist. Like the first time oh, yeah. you played Mist. And it's like, wow, what is this world? And it's it's so strange, and there's like these weird statues around, and there's, you know, the puzzles, it's all about the puzzles, but then they bring in the environmental puzzles, and you have to look at the look you have to listen, and there's so many things. Like there the, like the one time where you I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's times where you, you you will look at the environment. And just for some reason say, I want to see what happens right here. And sure enough, fucking something happens. It's crazy. It really blew my mind whenever I was like, especially like when you, like the windmill. That's that's the perfect example. Well, I looked at that and I just clicked on it and I'm like, whoa, you can actually do this? And I was like, holy shit, this just changed the entire fucking game for me. Because there's so much more to this world than what you see. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, number seven, uh, a game I didn't put as much time as I wanted to into, but I really enjoyed it. Forza Horizon 3. Uh, it's my first Horizon game. I never played one or two. Uh, I did play the Fast and the Furious one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I sat down and got Horizon 3 for really cheap because of a price error. Thanks, Ken. Yep. Um, and I sat down and played that game, and I was like, wow, this is the closest I'll ever get to Burnout Paradise. Yeah. And I, and that's one of the reasons why it wouldn't be higher on my list because I didn't get to try out any of the multiplayer. And I hear the multiplayer is really, really cool. Yep, it is. So, um, but yeah, it's it's still a solid, solid racing game that I think anybody can enjoy. It's a pick up and play. Let's go do a race or two and then stop playing, or you can sit there and just binge for hours. It's a great racing game. Uh, number six, another game. I don't know if anybody else is going to have one. Civilization Six. Um, I was a huge Civilization V fan, and um, I was really looking forward to Civ Six. And the changes that they've made, on top of already being a really good game, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's one of those games where 
it's the best in its genre. So, like, if you start off playing StarCraft and then you go to another RTS, you're like, this isn't as good as StarCraft. It's the same way with Civ. You start off with Civ and you go to another, you know, 4X kind of game. You're like, ah, I wish I was playing Civ. And I really, it's it's great. I think that the uh, the look, um, the improvements that they have made, uh, the AI changes sometimes are a little too harsh even on the easier difficulties. Um, and the music is absolutely fantastic. So I highly suggest uh, Civ Six to anybody who wants to try and get into those 4X games. Uh, number five, uh, Stories to Path of Destinies. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling Jay's going to be like, this is a disappointment for me. Because he told me a few weeks ago that a <laughs> game that I reviewed highly is one of his disappointments of the year. <laughs> and, I feel like I've traumatized you since the Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition thing, where yeah. I just shit on that game for like an hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna hear it about stories, but I fucking love stories. That was a great game because it came out of fucking nowhere. Like I was like, oh, stories, the path of destiny. I was like, wow, it's a generic title. What is it? And I was like, I don't know. It looks like an indie platformer kind of game. And I sat down. And I'm like, oh, this is like a pseudo Batman. S combat mixed with this like branching story that only takes like an hour to get through and there's multiple endings and you can it, it's like they took the branching paths of like Mass Effect mixed in with like this over the top story and it's really good I, I enjoyed the living crap out of that game it's free or it was free to download, and I think everybody should play it. There's so many good games this year, but that, that was not on any of my list, but that was still a very uh, interesting game for me. I really liked it as well. Yeah. yeah. Love that game. Uh, number four, um, and surprise, John, Tom Clancy's The Division. <laughs> You're the only one that called Jeez. it Tom Clancy's The Division. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I just wrote it down as that. Um because I wrote down Sid Meier's Civilization VI. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, The Division. Um, man, what a rocky road that was. Yep. But um, they have been consistent with trying to improve it. Uh, the first patch broke it all to living hell. Second patch improved it. Third patch broke it all to living hell again. But then they finally said, we don't need to break this anymore. We need to fix it, which they did. Um Probably one of the funnest co-op experiences I've had in a while. Um, <laughs> we all have very interesting characters. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I I actually really enjoy it. Uh, the every the two DLCs that have come out have been consistently good. I enjoyed them. Um, the the road to level thirty in that game was really good. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and the end game had some issues, but I mean, I still put at least 60, 70 hours in that game. So it's it's up there. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, number three is a game I actually completed a few weeks ago, which is Doom. Um, t- t- tell us what difficulty you beat it on. <laughs> I be, I, Just I so that the one person that doesn't know will know. Yeah, I beat it on Ultraviolence. <laughs> He also beat Dark Souls. I also beat Dark Souls at one time. <laughs> at one point in my life, I beat Dark Souls. Uh, but nah, I played Doom on Ultraviolence, but whatever. That was a mistake on my part. 
But even playing it on a harder difficulty, that game is so fucking satisfying. Because the the glory kills in that game are fantastic. Um, just the variety of weapons. There was weapons that I didn't really use, but then toward the end of the game, I started running out of ammo, so I switched to them. Like, holy shit, why haven't I been using this the entire fucking time? Um, the upgrades, everything about that game is fucking quality. And I think a first-person shooter fan has to buy this game. Yeah. Uh, it harkens back to the old school while still being fresh. It's one of the fastest fucking games I've ever played. It's an amazing soundtrack. It's got a fantastic soundtrack. One of the things I loved about it is when you're firing certain guns, it sounds like a guitar riff going off. <laughs> like the machine guns, like dun, 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 dun. It's, it's so good. It, it and it embraces its its wackiness. Yeah. Like the beginning where <laughs> you know, the, normally you have like this epic in opening where there's like, okay, here's what's going on. You got to go in here and just kill all these demons. And your guy just like cuts communications and breaks shit. Like he's just like fucked the entire world. And it's just so good. I think my favorite scene in that game is when, you know, Samuel Hayden, which think about that for a second, S Hayden, um, <laughs> like told him about the Argent energy and he has it in his hand. He's like, you have to, no! And then he just breaks it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one of those games that, you know, people always complain about, like, uh, you know, always, man, I'm tired of over-exposition of story and shit. And this, and the main character in Doom is like, yeah, fuck this. Let's yeah. just fight. I don't want to do it. I just want to kill shit. That's my job. Yeah. That's, that's the great thing about that game is that there really is no objective except go here and kill everything that stands in your way. Uh, and it's so much fun. Yeah. That combat is sublime. Yeah. And even when I was playing on the harder difficulties, like you, you, you go into an arena. That's one of the things I loved about it. You go into an arena, there's probably one or two enemies, and then you get the lay of the land. That's what you have to do. You have to see how, where you can go, where the power ups are, where the health packs are, stuff like that. And you got to kind of get prepared. And then when you start the arena, making it through that while not dying. Is so satisfying. It's like one of those things where you just go like "fuck yeah." And then the fact that the way the way that game ends, I, I won't say the actual ending, but the way you kill the final boss, I was fucking cheering <laughs> while that happened because it's so fucking great. Um, and the BFG is so good. Yep, it's the most fun fucking weapon. Um, I wish I utilized the chainsaw more. Yeah. But that's that's just me. I didn't use a chainsaw that much. Oh um, man, that's a I kind of wish a hot I did. button. Yeah, but yeah, Doom is absolutely fantastic. Best, uh, number best two, ending credits ever. Yeah, uh, up there with like like injustice yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, number two, Ratchet and Clank. I have that really high on my list because I enjoyed the living. Cr- it was such a breath of fresh air to me because it was it was kind of kid friendly. <laughs> It didn't take itself seriously. It had some comedy in it, and it looked absolutely amazing. Yep. And I think that they added such a, a good little like carrot on the stick kind of thing of just keep going, get these cards, you know, finish up this. 
you know, you're leveling up constantly with uh, both your character as well as your weapons. Um, they just really had a good gameplay mechanic in there, even though all you're doing is shooting a bunch of stuff. Um, it was just really, really fun. I, you know, it, I never found it too difficult. It was, um, it was just the right amount of everything. Um, and it's, I think it's, I think it's really great. It's one of the best games I've played in a long time. Uh, and my number one, which who, who the fuck does Street Fighter Five, baby. Street Fighter Five. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Overwatch. So two years ago, I sat down and said, "Hey, I remember I like to play Magic: The Gathering," and I sat down and played this game called Hearthstone that Blizzard had made. And I was like, "Damn, this is a really good card game." And then a year ago, I was like, I really want to get into a MOBA, but I can't really do it. And I sat down and played a Blizzard game called Heroes of the Storm. And I really got into it. And then this year, I was like, I can't really get into first-person shooters much anymore. And I sat down and played a Blizzard game called Overwatch. And holy shit, I got into it. <laughs> Fucking Blizzard, man. Yeah. They just... They're, they're magical sometimes like that. They, they, they rule multiple genres. Like the day they make a fighting game is is the day it's over. Yeah, I mean, like, I just I don't know what it is about Overwatch because it's simple. It is you're doing the exact same maps, you're doing the exact same objectives, but every single time I play that game and I beat a beat a match, I want to go right back into another one. The gameplay loop is fantastic. The support that they've been doing is great. They're constantly patching the game, adding new content, new maps, new characters, all for free. And I think it's just a solid, solid game where when you sit down and you have a team and you work together, it's like this fucking zen moment of just like everybody knows what they're doing, when they're doing it. You know, you're coordinated and it feels great. I can't – everybody knows how much I would love Overwatch, and I will continue to play this game for the next two years, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I just think it um, – Blizzard, man, they're just the fucking company of the fucking generation. You know, they're just, they're just so good, and they care can, about what their players think. Can we all just, just take a moment – um, of silence and remember Battleborn. No, <laughs> nah, that's not, that's not worth the moment. Of silence. Although, See, although they are patching it in like a week or two, and I'm going to check it out because I didn't hate that game. I didn't either. But there's a lot of issues with it mechanically and and like UI wise, and they're supposedly fixing that. So I'm going to check it out again. That that's the thing, and I was actually going to bring that up because I didn't hate Battleborn. I I reviewed it. I actually kind of liked it. Um, what happened was it came out during the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. And I think people unjustly compared it to Overwatch. I also you think know, they messed up microtransactions big time with that game. So there were a few other issues, but timing definitely was one of them. Yeah, and the player base is non-existent. And in order to enjoy that game, you have to have a player base. And I, I don't know. It's 
it's one of those things where I, I was like, you know, if this could be a really cool little title if there was a, a good, you know, community around it playing it. But I guarantee you, if I were to load up my PS4 version and try to get a game, I would not find anybody. <laughs> no, probably not. So, but yeah, that's um, uh, that's it for me. I, uh, that's Overwatch fucking ruled my 2016. <laughs> you know, I think it, it, it ruled a lot. It, of it really did. It really did. I think that it was. There's nothing quite like it, except Team Fortress. Yeah, but even then, I like this better. I like this better than I did Team Fortress. Oh no, no, no! I I think I, I totally agree with you that Blizzard is magical, but Blizzard also very much takes what's established and just makes it perfect. Yeah, yeah. they like Apple. Yeah, it's that's... just a polish of it. They just they just do it over and over again until it's perfect and exactly. just put it out there. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're never. They're very rarely the first people to do something, but they're always the person to do it the best. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, Ryan. Yeah. Still awake? I'm awake. All right. Are you awake? No, not really. You want to talk about your list? Sure, I can talk about my list. All right. So, um, my list is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit strange because I don't know. Like, if I if I didn't count mobile games, I wouldn't have gotten to ten. Uh, so i don't uh i don't have any honorable mention well that's not true i do have a couple honorable mentions um but it's you know there's games on my list that are games i would have liked to play more there's games on my list that i've played a ton of so um there's a little there's a little bit of everything um so i will throw some honorable mentions out there first um Honorable mention number one is Super Mario Run, um, because not even necessarily because of the game that it is, but because of what it represents um, and the fact that it represents a Mario game on mobile um, and Nintendo starting to open up their uh, catalog to that platform. Um, so I, I threw that on there as an. Honorable Did you uh, buy the full copy of that game, Ryan? No, I didn't. That's oh, why okay. it's an honorable mention and not anything higher than that. Um, I, I feel like, um, uh, I do feel like $10 is a little bit overpriced for what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're one of those, are you? I am one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, also on my honorable mentions list, and this is on my honorable mentions list because it actually came out at the end of last year, but it's so ever evolving that I consider it to be also a 2016 release and that's Lego dimensions. Um, just based on the fact that I got a, a lot of new, um, or I got to play a lot of new packs this year that did come out this year and, uh, they expanded that game terrifically. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to consider that a 2016 release just because the second season of, uh, uh, figures and stuff came out this year. Um, and then another one, I know people keep saying, oh, this game won't be on anybody else's list. I got a bunch of those uh, <laughs> that won't be on anybody else's list. This one I decided to put on here as a honorable mention because I want more people to go out and play it. Um, and that's a game on uh, iOS called Super Cat Tales. Um, and it is a fun little sort of platform. 
platformer where you have different cats that can do different stuff. Um, I, I truly enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. My son thought it was an absolute blast. Um, so I, I would throw Super Cat Tales for mobile on there as an honorable mention. Um, so into my top ten. Uh, number ten, uh, and I, I'm just not going to say this isn't going to be on anybody else's list because that's going to apply to most of these. <laughs> uh, number ten uh, was Pokin Tournament. Um, it's so everybody's talking about the great fighting games they played this year. <laughs> this is the best fighting game I played this year. Um, is it also the game. only fighting game you played this year? It is also the only fighting <laughs> game I played this year. Uh, but outside of that, it's legitimately a good game. Oh, it is. Uh, it is. I don't. It, so the um, you know, it's 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 got a great engine behind it. Um, the it takes you know skill to win. Um, there there's a lot of depth to it that doesn't exactly show itself on the on the uh, surface. But what I like about it is it, it's it's good if you just want to. Um, sort of button mash and try and force your way through it. Uh, but it's also good if you want to try and learn the moves and add a little bit of depth too, which makes it a good game for both my son and I to play. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw that one on there at number 10. Number nine is Titanfall two. Um, I did not get to finish the single player on that. Eventually at some point I will. Um, but having played most of it, I thought the single player was fantastic um, the multiplayer was good as well, so um, I like the uh, I like the story. I like the uh, the characterization of your Titan. Um, I thought uh, overall it was it was a good single player experience. Uh, number eight is uh, Warhammer: The End Tides Vermintide, uh, which is kind of a Left for Dead style four player. Um, I guess you could call it horde mode, uh, but it's very objective-based. Um, set in the Warhammer End Times universe, uh, you're fighting Skaven, which are the rat creatures from Warhammer. And the game does a tremendous job of making you feel constantly overwhelmed. Um, the, the entire point of the Skaven is that they are just incredibly numerous. Um, and you really feel that playing the game. I mean, you get mobbed by 20, 25 guys at a time, um, and you got to kind of hack and slash your way through them. Um, the classes all play differently. Um, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, the uh, the settings are, are good. Graphics look good. Um, and it's cheap now, so I would recommend people go out and buy it if you haven't. I saw it was on. Uh, saw somebody tweet today that it's at Amazon for like thirteen dollars for the Xbox One. Yeah, that's one. not a surprise. Uh, it's it's very good though. Uh, I would I would definitely recommend it. Um, next on my list is Hitman. Oh man, which, how is that not been on anybody nice. else's list? It would have been probably higher up my list had I invested in more of the DLC packs. Uh, but even what I have is tremendous. Um, and it's, it's, you know, um, just for reference, how much of the game do you have, Brian? Not much. Just, uh, Uh, the first three missions, is that what it is? 
Yeah, and then okay. I think I have one you, other DLC pack on top. Like of it. knowing knowing how much you love Dishonored two and how much you like the uh, the beginning of the Hitman, you got to get the rest of it, dude. It's just as yeah. good, if not better. That's my plan. Um, yeah. is to uh, is to eventually sort of pick up once I have some more time to invest in it, and I'm not playing other stuff to uh, to to pick up the rest of the missions because it's uh, it's fantastic. I am one of um, the few people who actually really liked Hitman Absolution. Uh, oh, even though it was, a, even though it was a departure from the sort of normal style of the the um, the, the series, but uh, this game is a, a great return to form. So um, if you haven't played it yet, pick it up uh, in, at the end of January when they release the complete uh, the complete series, or you know pick it up digitally now. Um, next is a game that not only will not be on anybody else's list. Um, but we'll probably, uh, I'll probably have some people telling me on Twitter that it's not even a game. So, um, and that's a, a mobile game called Make More. Now, normally, I wouldn't even consider putting a game like this on my list, but it has invest, or I have almost as much time invested as it in it as I have just about anything else that I've played this year. Um, mobile game, it's a tapper, right, or a clicker, whatever you want to call it, uh, where the only goal is to make products, right, and you hire new uh, employees, you can tap to make them make stuff faster, give them upgrades, replace them with robots, all this other stuff. It's It scratches the surface of what I would consider a game, but I invested a ton of time in it and had a blast with it this year, so I had to put it on my list. Next is Paper Mario Color Splash. Um, I know Drew already talked a little bit about it. Um, I think it's great. I'll agree with Drew that the combat is a little lacking, um, but I, you know, it still retains that um, you know hit the button at the right time to um, to continue the attack stuff stuff that makes the combat a little more active than your normal turn based game. And the writing is phenomenal. Um, I also enjoy the going around the levels and trying to find all the areas that need you to repaint them uh, to try and fill that meter up. So, my my only issue with the combat in that game was that it gave you nothing if you did it. You know, like there's no experience points, anything like that. No, that's true. Um, and, and so that made me just like actively try to avoid fights. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a valid point. Um, number four is Reigns, which I mentioned on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, it's a mobile, uh, empire management system, I guess is the best way you'd put it, um, that controls only via swipes left and right. (laughs) Um, you make decisions, yes or no. Um, just like I said, by swiping left and right, the game's got a ton of secrets in it. Um, it's got a tremendous amount of replay value. And, um, to, you know, it's got, not only does it have secrets and actual things to uncover, um, but it's got a really good high score hook where you can try and reign for as long as possible. Um, you know, and the, the older you get, you can get afflicted quote unquote with old age where you can barely understand what the people on the card are saying and you still have to try and, uh, make decisions anyway. Um, 
it's very good. And uh, again, it's one of those mobile games that if you've got an iPhone, I would recommend checking it out. Number three is Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided, which again is another game that I need to play more of, but what I played of it was so fantastic, I had to put it on my list, and it uh, uh, it was one of the more... I was more impressed with it than most of the other games I played this year. Um, great side quests. The graphics are amazing. Um, yeah, it's awesome. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, number two was Infinite Warfare, which had the best Call of Duty campaign to me since uh, Call of Duty 4. And uh, a campaign that, by the way, was right up my alley because it, w- it had the, the space combat in it as well. Um, I finished everything I could possibly do in the campaign in that game. And uh, it is number two for me, even though I didn't even touch the multiplayer. So yeah, I got a question about the Infinite Warfare campaign, right? Because I haven't yeah. played it yet, but it's yeah. been on you guys' list. Like, what separates this campaign to being so good compared to, let's say, like Advanced Warfare or some of the ones before it? Um, like, what's so the difference? I can tell you, for me, it's t- it's um, three major things. The first one is the characters in this campaign are a lot easier to feel connected to. Um, I'll use Advanced Warfare for a uh, an example. I didn't care at all about any of the characters in Advanced Warfare. Um, I just didn't care. But in this game, um, you really get a good sense for the characters. I think some of that's voice acting. I think the voice acting's done pretty well. Mm. Um, and some of it, I think, is the writing as well. Um, the robot character, whose name I can't now remember... Adam? Ethan. Ethan, that's right, Ethan. Um, Characterization of him was fantastic. Uh, The main character is really good. Um, So characterization is number one. Number two is the mission structure. Um, The missions, each mission. There wasn't a single mission in that game that I thought, man, this mission sucks. Uh, (laughs) None of them were a boring slog. Um, And the fact that um, the campaign mixes it up by giving you the um, space combat missions as well, um, which play really great. And uh, so th- there's a lot of variety, I feel like, in the campaign. Um, add that to the fact that the overall story, I felt like, was really, really good and is something I'd like to see them uh, continue. And um, a great villain. I love the villain. Um that, well, that's is, that's is, why. Is winter coming though? Is it? Is winter it finally... winter is okay. coming. All right. uh, but you know what? He did a great job. Uh, okay. Good to hear. Both in the uh, I, I'm assuming I don't know if he did his own mo- motion capture. I know they used him for the the model of the villain, but the voice acting's great. Um. Yeah. So that's why. Okay. That was, I get that you. Was, that's why it was my number two. And then my number one was Dishonored two. Um. I love the first Dishonored. I played the crap out of it. And uh, this one, in some ways, was more of the same. In some ways, was a little better. In some ways, was a little worse. But um, overall, I enjoyed the continuation of the story. Um, I love the level design. Um, like everyone else, I loved um, the Clockwork Mansion. Um, you know, I managed to slip behind the walls and uh, beat the level that way by going sort of behind the walls and around everything. But 
Um, the fact that there were multiple ways to do it, I think, is uh, a testament to the level design in that game. I also really enjoyed the um, uh, mission number seven, which was called A Crack in the Slab. Um, just because, number one, there's a really cool mechanic in it that I won't spoil for anybody that hasn't played it yet. Um, and number two, because there is, and I know somebody else mentioned this, I think, in relation to Final Fantasy on this podcast, um, there's a really cool um, thing you can do in that mission that dramatically affects, I'll say dramatic, dramatically affects at least visually what happens next that you can completely miss. Um, it's completely optional, um, and it uh, it changes the back third of the level completely, changes the nature of the environment completely, and changes several of the characters completely. I know exactly um, what you're talking about, Ryan. Yeah, that was really well done because it was, as you said, completely optional. It wasn't even on the optional missions. Nope. Yep, it wasn't there at all. You just do it. Yeah. Yep. You just have to kind of listen um, and figure out, hey, this is what caused this, so if I can prevent it, uh, maybe good things will happen. And uh, it was fantastic. The, the mechanic in that game, uh, or in that level, um, they could build an entire full-fledged game out of, and I would find it enjoyable. Um, so if you, if you haven't beat it yet, and you haven't played that level, do so, because uh, it's tremendous. And that's it. All right. So, Jay, I purposely put you last, so you could trim so you down your. On everybody's parade. Well, no, not that. So he could trim down his list of fifty honorable mentions. Well, hey, yeah. man! You know, in the in 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 the honor of the year twenty sixteen, I've trimmed it down to a nice sizable sixteen. So you know. Oh my that, that's, god! That's, yeah, that's 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 trimmed down. You know, I had to make some hard cuts. It was very difficult. But uh, before I start on that, I'll start with my disappointment. And um, Drew, it's not what you think it is, buddy. Okay. Your, your, right. your stories, your stories is safe. Uh, my biggest disappointment of this year was actually Fire Emblem Fates, uh, among everything else. Yeah, I mean, me and you both did that one. Yeah, that's what I mean. You you also reviewed it, but you reviewed it higher than I did. Is the reference that I was making. <laughs> by point five? Go <laughs> <Still> higher. <laughs> but uh, regardless of that fact, it's just like let me just let me just kind of set the stage for what this game does. Okay, not just the gameplay or the storyline or anything like that. The game is broken up into three games that yeah. you, you you have to buy separately, or you can buy all together for a very high price. But either way, so you choose between the version Fire Emblem Birthright or Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. Yeah. And what happens is that when you play through that game, you play about an hour and a half of the game. It's like a prologue, and at a pivotal moment, it tells you to choose between two different sides. And throughout the experience of playing through that hour and a half, you'll have an opinion of who you want to side with. But if you happen to have bought the other version of the game where you're supposed to side with the other one, it sends you to the eShop where you have to buy the other game. <laughs> so because I'm making a moralistic choice about I think this side is right, all of a sudden the game that I bought is no longer relevant. It's not the game that I should have bought. But how could I have possibly known that without playing through that hour and a half? The only thing I could have known is the cover art. The the Conquest people are wearing all black. They look like a bunch of edgelord assholes, right? Yeah. But when I played through the game, I was like, well, I think these guys have a bit of a point there. Maybe I'll go with them. And then, no, you got to go to the eShop. And then you got to buy another game on top of the one that you already have. And if that wasn't bad enough, once you beat the game within Birthright or Conquest, 
it comes down to oh you beat the final boss and everyone's everyone says that oh that's not that's not really you know the guy that was behind everything it's it's just so transparent that the game is not over yet but it is because you have to buy revelations to <laughs> yeah, get the you true have to, you have to buy the third game so yeah. so the, the the argument that works with every other video game you're playing it wrong yeah yeah but you, they're forcing you to play it wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, you got yeah. a so microtransaction, I... baby. No, no, you're buying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm buying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm buying, I'm buying the game wrong. Uh, oh, that is, should be on the box. This, uh, I've never seen this done in a video game like yeah. this. I've seen, I've seen DLC where they have the true ending, like Ashura's Wrath and stuff like that, and oh, that's atrocious. Oh. That's terrible. But Fates took that to the next level where you buy the game and you bought the wrong game because you don't agree <laughs> with the characters and their morale. Like, imagine if you're playing Witcher 2 and that pivotal moment where you choose between the elves or the humans to side with, and then it takes you to the Steam, Steam shop to buy the version of the game that you're supposed to have bought. Based on the, ch- It's unacceptable. <laughs> I'm just seeing a Nintendo gift with a deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Reggie it's, shrugging his shoulders. Yes. Deal with like, it. Eh. And That's what crazy. bothers me most about this is that other people review this game incredibly high. This this game reviewed like in like, like the 90s, 85, Well, that's because like, the reviewers got both copies. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. You still have to be subjective in the way that the consumer has to buy the game. And to me, it is unacceptable. Like, Fire Emblem Awakening is one of my favorite games on the 3DS. And the 3DS has some incredible RPGs on offering, you know, like Bravely Default and all that jazz. So to see the sequel to a venerable classic take such a terrible turn because I'm not sure what forced them to do this kind of a... Of Why? like a scheme for game release, yeah. I'm, but what I mean is, like, is it the developers? Is it the publishers? Is it Nintendo? I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know who decided that this was the right move to make. And the fact that people were okay with it, people didn't go up in arms, you know, about this atrocious release, uh, uh, you know, type, and they weren't pissed off as they should have been. This is one case where people should have been pissed off instead of all the other shit that people get all antsy mm-hmm. about. Well, there's a big difference between the general internet and the internet Nintendo faithful. They're 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 a special breed of fanboy. I mean, I, I mean, let's be honest, it should have came out with everything in it for everyone at a solid like $60 price. Yeah, I would have been perfectly fine. And the thing about it is that there are games, 3DS games don't have to be $40. The Atlas games, like the Shin Megami Tensei games, they come out as 50, but they're so chock full of content and hours of hours of entertainment that is per- completely justified, along with voice acting and stuff like that. They could have released this game with all three games into one, one full package, full story for $60, and I would have been perfectly fine with the game. But no, they had to do this whole thing, and if you want to buy all three games together, it was something like $80 or something. Yeah. Yeah, but they made it extremely limited. See, and it's kind of interesting you bring this up because I got – that's the version I got. So I didn't think of it the way you're bringing it up. And now you're saying that. I'm like, well, fuck them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not the copy that we got. The thing about it is that I wanted to get multiple perspectives on this game. So I wanted to cover one version of the game and uh, Drew Drew reviewed the other version. And then we kind of went back and forth uh, talking about like the difference. The Conquest was a much harder game, which Drew unfortunately ended up with. And I got Birthright. I'll say this though, Conquest was a more interesting game too. Yeah, that's what I heard too. That's what everyone tells me. So I got the wrong end of the stick, and I. But either way, you know, that's here or there. But 
I just I don't like it. Like when something goes bad and no one calls it out, they'll say, "Oh, this was smart. This was good. We should keep doing this." No, <laughs> we can't have that again. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna have that. So that's my disappointment of the year. Um, you all motherfuckers got, bought Street Fighter. Uh, that's true. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, d- I did not buy. Street no, Fighter. you did not. You you're oh, still yeah. you're still good on your promise. Yeah, yeah. He, he got that review copy. Um, but yeah, let me get uh, straight into my honorable mentions. But the good thing about going last is that people have so well and adequately put what's good good about a lot of these games. I won't have to go into detail, so I'll quickly gloss over them. Uh, my first on my honorable mentions is Uncharted Four. Like basically everyone said, it's just a culmination of Nathan Drake's story, his evolution as a character. And one of the most beautiful things about this particular game uh, specifically is that things that are not said were more important than the things that were. The awkward silences between the characters, because of how established their relationship are, spoke volumes and how their relationship was kind of turning out. And that's kind of the depth of character that you can't really see unless you have such a great foundation, and Uncharted certainly has that. And uh, it's a it's it's a really well uh, done like end to the to the series. But to me, uh, from uh, from just like the gameplay standpoint, it was more of the more of the same, other than the whole like hook thing. You know, that was nice. You know, the, more of a stealth element. But other than that, it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. That's why it's an honorable mention. I also got to play Rise of the Tomb Raider on PC, which came out earlier this year. I know it came out last year on Xbox uh, One, but uh, you know it didn't come out till uh, this year. Uh, that's a good game. Like there's really, really isn't much to say about it. You know the the whole like Lara crafting. There's more tombs now to, for you to explore. There's more secrets to uncover. It plays very well. It looks gorgeous, um, and I'm um, I'm really happy with the the way they did the re- uh, the the reboot in this series. And it also doesn't suffer the same narrative dissonance that the original suffered as well. The next on my list is Titanfall 2. Now, as I said, other people have you know, you know, rightfully chimed in. But to me, the most important thing about Titanfall 2 is that the corrections that they made since the original. Meaning that the single-player campaign, the quality of the content, uh, compared to what they did in the original, it was such a night and day. And the fact that it sold so poorly kind of breaks my heart because... It's an it's a case of a developer doing right to their consumers, you know, to their fans that were kind of loyal to them, you know, not doing the same like shady season pass kind of nonsense, making sure the DLC is available for everyone, the maps, all the new weapons and stuff like that, making a really extensive, uh, solid single player campaign, and you know, because of their release schedule between the Call of Duty and the, the Battlefield, they just kind of get shoveled in there, and that's very unfortunate. They battleborned it. Yeah, they they basically did. And that's too bad because Titanfall 2 is actually good. I'm like Battleform. But Severed is also on my honorable list. I think Drew actually said it exactly what I was going to say. So no need to uh, go any further than that. Um, Final Fantasy 15, honorable list. I mean, you know, like I like to be pretty vocal about me talking about how terrible that story is. I, I called it a dumpster fire of a story. And <laughs> I stick by that because that... The way they do narrative jumps, time Nuts. jumps, yeah, it's 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 a completely disjointed effort from from a story point. And the thing about it is that, like Justin said, hidden underneath all that terrible editing and bad time skips, there's a good core of characters there. Like the four characters, you know, the the, the camaraderie between the four 
is really is really something else. And the fact that they were able to kind of bring that up uh, from the beginning point of the game to the end, and how that game ends, and the game does very end very well, just like Ken said. If in between they were able to really flush out the overarching storyline and the side characters like Luna and everyone else, this game could have been something something timeless, something classic. But unfortunately, that that didn't happen. Um, Odin Spear, um, whatever the the Luft, L word Luftheiser? is. Luftreiser. Luftheiser. Luftreiser. Lufer. Lufer. Lufer in your yeah, bathroom. I'm just kind of call it the Odin Spear, uh, Odin Spear remake. Lufer yeah, Vandross. That's good. Luf- yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the remake. Jesus wow, Christ. that was a good one. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a remake so good. That even if you played the original to completion, you should play this game anyway because yes. it feels and looks completely different from the original. Well, they, they rebalance the characters too, so that they actually feel yeah. different. It's it's the best playing Vanillaware game yet, over Dragon yes. Crown, over Muramasa. And, and I, I love saying Dragon a lot. Crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah me I too. Love Dragon Dragon's Crown was yeah. great. And uh, Odin Spear, holy shit! Like when they said, like, "Oh, they're going to do this remake. It's going to be sixty dollars." I was like, ah, "For a remake?" And I was, like, "No, it's worth it. It's worth it and more. It's it's amazing." Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm through about three characters, but I'm going to beat that game hundred percent. And uh, the next game is Fury. It's like a PS Plus gem. <laughs> there's a video. And this is a game there's that a video uh, you know, series you should go watch on Fury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a very good yes. video series uh, starring <laughs> our, our own Drew. Who has also beaten Dark Souls, so you know how good he is. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, like, he, you know, he's going to show you, like, a speed run of that game. Yeah. Like, that's how good he is. Oh, shit. You uh, shouldn't, have, you nah, shouldn't he... have put it on ultraviolence, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, Fury was really cool, and I really loved the music in it, but shit. That game made me live up to my gamer tag. Yeah. That's, uh,. That is a that is a get good game. Yeah. Yeah, you either get good or you die or never progress. That's just how that game works. And it's beautiful because the entire game is just a series of boss fights. And you just go from one boss fight to the next with a bit of narrative and exposition in between to kind of cool things off. And every single boss battle is very unique in their own way. They have phases. And the way they handle the health bars where you actually, if you're able to beat a boss's phase, you actually get one of your uh, health bars back. So you kind of keep going. You have this momentum. But if you don't beat the entirety of the boss's phase during your one life bar, they get all of their life back during that phase. So it really teaches you to learn that particular phase by making you do that over and over again. In other games, you would have to do the entire fight again just to get to that phase of the, ba- uh, phase of the boss and then just die over and over again. But because the, the game understood the challenge that it provides, it actually set up the stage perfect to learn those fights. And uh, it's pretty exceptional. I, I love going through the game, um, except for the optional super boss, which was very different from all the other bosses in kind of the bad way. But outside of that, terrific game. And it was free on PS Plus. It, and I think probably my favorite PS Plus game of the year, um, Guilty Gear Extrad, Revelator. This was kind of coming in hot after the hot mess that was Street Fighter V, and it featured everything else that Street Fighter V didn't. And, you know, just everything you expect from a story mode, uh, like a beautiful, like an anime you watch for like two hours and a half. Uh, nice production values, arcade mode, story mode for all the characters and stuff like that. Training mode that literally teaches every single aspect of the mechanic within the game. 
and the characters themselves. It's just a tremendous game. And it's also on, available on PC, and I heard the netcode on PC is quite exceptional. And uh, speaking of fighting games, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Blaze Blue series, and um, this marked the end of the, the Ragnar the Blood Age story arc. And uh, they did a lot of different things with central fiction that I really enjoy, especially with the Overdrive system. And every year, I feel like they have something new to offer. But in this particular year, I think they outdid themselves. The, another game is Other Striker Gunball 2. That's a 3DS like a gem. If you're disappointed with games like Mighty Number no. 9 not living up to your standards of what a platformer ought to be that kind of should be a you know, spiritual successor to Mega Man, play Other Striker Gunball 2. It is... Probably one of the best uh, platformers games ever made, in my opinion. Just the music is awesome, the characters and the movements. Uh, the only my only problem is that it's a little bit too easy. Like the challenge, like once you figure it out the mechanics of the game, the game gets a little, little bit too easy. But other, outside of that, it says it's a phenomenal game. Uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. I believe um, Ryan put exactly what's so great about it, the level design especially. But um, unfortunately, it's an honorable mention because the story doesn't end well uh, in my in my book. It feels like it ends just around the time when it really gets interesting. And I don't like it when games do that. Uh, another honorable mention is uh, Inside. Um, I think this has been mentioned before. And one thing that I will highlight is that it probably has the best animation of any game I've ever played. Like, the animation that work they put on this child, like, how he moves around and, like, stumbles and the brutal nature of how he dies and everything else in between, it's incredible. You just have to see it and play it to, to believe it. Uh, another honorable mention is uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And nice shout-out to John over there, if he's still here. I'm still here. I'm just uh, pissed you and put it on your top ten. He's rubbing his beard. What are you talking yeah, about? he's rubbing his beard and the mic is so mad. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a very good game. And on a, on a platform that was starving for original content. And while I did not enjoy it as much as uh, John did, I think it is certainly a game that all JRPG fans should play. But um, the whole idea of the whole camaraderie and friendship overcomes everything kind of got a little too played out for me at the end of the day. But still, very good game. I enjoyed it. Um, Dishonored 2. Once again, I think Ryan said everything I possibly need to say about Dishonored 2. So thank you, Ryan. Uh, a game that, yeah, uh, game that no one's mentioned is uh, Valhalla, Cyberpunk Bartender Action. I've never played uh, that game. <laughs> yeah, no one ha- really has played that game. It's kind of like this individual novel game where you play a bartender, surprise, in a cyberpunk, like, kind of a dystopian universe kind of thing. And... I never thought of the idea that being a bartender is such a good gimmick for a visual novel. Because what visual novels thrive on is interesting characters. And what better position, you know, as, like a, as a professional than a bartender to have interesting encounters with all manner of people. And the fact that it's set up in this universe as basically Blade Runner, you know, and you, you, get, you run into all these crazy characters and listen to their troubles and you kind of have some of your own. And the way the game progresses, while you're still doing all the bartender stuff, it's fascinating. And um, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice. Uh, this is a Phoenix Wright game that um, I think it has been like years in the making because it streamlines so many of its obtuse 
and very difficult to get around uh, gameplay mechanics. And it was the easiest game to play in the way that it was. everything just felt more intuitive. You weren't getting stuck looking for clues as long. You weren't getting stuck looking to go to different places to talk to certain people to trigger that next checkpoint so they can progress with the game and so on. And um, the story itself was actually pretty good as well. Uh, moving on to top ten, my my top ten is not on not on any kind of list. I don't have like you know like top eight and stuff like that. But I do have a top two, so that's that. So first, starting off, Monster Hunter Generation. Drew said it. You know, it's just basically the best best of uh, for Monster Hunter. It introduced the styles, which makes a huge difference. But I don't think overall as a package, it was as good as Monster Hunter Four Ultimate because that yeah. game was just exceptional among exceptional Monster Hunter games. But like you said, every Monster Hunter game is very good, and yep. Generations is no exception. Um, one game that I don't think anyone mentioned is Stardew Valley. Did anyone mention Stardew Valley? No, I no. haven't played enough of it. I haven't too. played it. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you did you start playing it though, Ken? I played one day. I, I bought oh, okay. it during the Christmas sale on Xbox, and I played through the first day, and then I just have not had time to go back yeah, to it. Yeah, I want to play it. It's on my list. Yeah. Yeah, you should play it. Uh, the thing about this game is that I love games like Harvest Moon. Like, the original Super Nintendo Harvest Moon was one of my favorite games on that system. And I played that game to death. And this game really harkens back to that game, among other other games, you know. And it's it's a time sink game. Once you begin, once you start getting involved, once you start plotting out the things that you want to do in your farm and the things you want to upgrade and things you want to buy uh, to kind of min-max your income and how you want to deal with the uh, the inhabitants and how you want to kind of trying to romance certain people and all that jazz. When you have a plan, you just kind of go. And I started I started playing that game thinking that I'm going to play for like an hour. And then after about four or five hours, I'm like, ah, shit. Mm. And then I'm done for that day, basically, for anything else I wanted to do. Well, um, I'm kind of pleased because I've, I've picked that game up. I haven't started it yet. I'm currently in a position where I've got about two weeks off. Oh, John. It, Perfect time. Sort of game. Yeah, yes. I just, I've yes. kind of been waiting because... All I've heard is that this game is a it, one of those sort of sieve situations where yes. you put it on for for thirty minutes. Actually, no, it's been six hours. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of the game that I really want to get stuck into while I've got the time to do it and not feel too guilty about spending so much time playing it. So I'm pleased. Yeah, no, definitely. And the thing about it is that you know how the kits and everything they love like the crafting element of like the Minecraft. Obviously, it's like a phenomenal. Like when I was playing Stardew Valley, I was actually playing uh, while I was uh, with my like nephew, and you know he loves like uh, Minecraft and stuff like that. So I was playing it. I was doing this, and every time that he would come by and I would have to watch him, he would always ask me about the progress that I, I made in Stardew Valley. <laughs> like every single time, oh my god! Like what did you do over there? What did you do? He asked. He was so excited about the game that I eventually bought the game for him as well, and he just he just loved it. And we were kind of like talking about like different types of things that you could do to make more money that are very secrets and uh yeah just a tremendous game and the fact that it was made by one guy incredible yeah it was, it was, that's insane rolling in we the would, dough he is <laughs> we, we get a, one of these we get one of these games every year i mean last year was undertale uh, this year yeah. seems to be stardew valley and it is just i think it's amazing that a game like one person can not only be that creative in what they design but also that talented design on their own it's impressive yeah just just goes to show the uh, the nature of indie well the nature of the game market itself has shifted so much because i've seen you know undertale stardew valley those kind of games get just as much coverage 
because of more word of mouth and positive reinforcement from other players as much as what triple a games do just by doing all the commercials and all the money they throw at their franchises um and the next up on my list is hitman and um this this beat out Dishonored 2. This beat out Deus Ex Mankind Divided to be on this list for very good reason. And the thing about this is that the way you can approach your assassination, I play through an assassination. I do I do it in four different ways. I haven't even touched the surface of what I could have done. I th- I played through a mission three four times. Oh, I I look through my achievements and say like, holy shit! I didn't even know that was possible. And that's after three, four times playing, replaying a mission. And that's incredible. Uh, because the way they put uh, the level design and uh, the, all the activities that you could do on top of everything else. And the fact that this was, an, this was uh, kind of really subverted my expectations. Because when they said the new Hitman game was going to go episodic, everyone groaned. Literally every single person on this podcast and more. So like, ugh. Another one of those games where it's going to be incomplete. You know, It's going to take forever to come out. They kept their schedule of basically one episode a month. It kept coming out right on the dot. And each episode was so content-filled that I was playing for like a week, week and a half. And I was still having fun with it. It was kind of like the perfect fit for episodic content that I never knew about. And it really sold me. Uh, just as much as Resident Evil Revelations 2 sold me on episodic content and how that could be beneficial to the flow of a game, I believe Hitman also did that as well. And now that the actual full game is going to be coming out soon, I, I imagine that more people will play it, and uh, they'll they'll see what I'm talking about. Next on my list is uh, Bravely Second End Layer. Um, everyone knows how much I love Bravely Default. Um, John, did you play get to play any of Bravely Second? You got that game before me, and I was <laughs> ruining it. I still haven't played it. Yet. <sighs> and he keeps buying new games. I knew now new games. Either. This guy. I have a problem. Yeah, like I was legitimately upset that you had the game before me and I was reviewing it and you haven't even played it yet. <laughs> oh, I want to punch you straight in the face. Just a quick jab. Oh, uh, okay. you, you deserve it so much. But uh, this uh, sec- Bravely Second fixes the one big issue that the original had, which was a huge pacing problem at the end of the first one. It doesn't have that anymore. It has another small tidbit of a problem where they make you do certain side quests over again for the secondary like uh, kind of uh, end result. But outside of that, it's just it's just awesome. Like the it's it's a refinement uh, of an original. The whole like uh, active time system, the bravely system, and everything else in between. The whole new job systems are great. I just I could just sit there for hours. Trying to figure out the most optimal way to use use a certain types of party, make a really overpowered skill kind of thing, and try to take on some super bosses. It's just really fun, and um, yeah, 3DS uh, has no shortage of uh, great uh, RPG games, and uh, Bravely Second, another one of them. Dark Souls Three, um, not nothing really needs to be said about Dark Souls at this point. Everyone has talked to death about Dark Souls, but what I'll say is that they say that this might be the last Dark Souls game. And if it is, it's going it's, it's, uh, it's going out on a high note. Um, and um, the next game is probably the most controversial game on my list because it has an aggregate score of 61 in Liverpool Critic. And I reviewed this game. I gave it like a 90. So there's like a huge difference between the popular opinion and what I thought of this game. And that is Trillion God of Destruction for the Vita. 
It's also out on PC as well. And I recommend people check it out. And I'll I have to explain why this is on my list and why I scored it so favorably. Is that it made me feel something playing a video game that I've never felt before until this point. And that is a sense of despair. A sense of dread. When I play a game and when I'm faced with a boss, it's not it's not a it's not a question of whether I can beat this boss. It's just a question of when and how how soon. You know, I'll just pl- I'll plug away at a boss that seems difficult and I'll beat it. That's it. But when I face Trillion and the boss or rather the singular enemy that you face in Trillion is one guy, one thing that shifts and he has a trillion HP and he eats and destroys everything along the path of the netherworld as he kind of comes down to claim the core, which if he does, then it's game over. So you are tasked with training these overlords to go fight them. And only one can fight them at a time because the way the power distribution works. So you send them out and to fight. But the thing is, you're not supposed to be able to beat him with your first overlord. You're supposed to lose. You're supposed to lose over and over and over again. And you're supposed to chip away at this immense beast of a creature. Uh, and the thing is, I wasn't prepared for that. Like I, I, I picked my first character thinking that this is the character that I'm going to beat the game with. And the game said, no. No, you can't. And when I was faced with that reality, when I, was, when, I got, when I got so good at that game where I was just never getting hit once and I was attacking it with everything I got, it changed forms to something completely different that I did not predict. And it killed me. And, uh, man, it's just... That feeling is something that I can't quite describe in words, but it felt bad because I got to learn and uh, really get to know the overlord that I sent out to battle. And when she died, I felt really, really terrible because I sent her out to battle. It was all my own like failings that kind of got her killed. And the way they kind of put forth the idea of sacrifice in the game, I don't think any any other game does it. What you can do is that when an overlord dies, they're able to do one final attack with their with the last bit of their power, and they can disable a limb from Trillion. And Trillion has many limbs: arms, legs, wings, like mouth and all that jazz and each one of those limbs has an action associated to it so when you're able to destroy one limb that weapon that the the overlord was carrying gets embedded into the body of trillion so the next time you fight trillion that weapon is still there still sticking out still making sure that limb was never able to be regenerated and used against you so when you fight that enemy and you see three four weapons embedded in its body you feel the sacrifice of all the characters that came before and all the things that you had to do just to take this guy down. And when I finally did beat him, it felt it was like an emotional high because I had to give up so much to beat this boss. And when I finally did it, I felt like I was able to, you know, kind of make sure that their sacrifices wasn't in vain. And that wasn't a video game. I've never felt that way playing a video game before. You know, never mind the whole feeling of despair. The the fact that it was able to portray this idea of sacrifice uh, through not only visual storytelling but through your own actions was tremendous and I will never forget this game because of that fact even though it has a lot of lot of different flaws in between the whole gameplay elements of it the things that it did well it did so well and no other game does and that's why I scored it so highly and that's why it's also on my list and the game is Trillion God of Destruction it's on PC I recommend uh, everyone check it out if, if what I said resonated with you or se- seemed interesting to you. 
then uh, buy it. Like it's really cheap on PC. You can buy it for like thirteen bucks or something like that. Uh, the next game on my list is The Last Guardian, and uh, surprising to Ken, it's not the worst game ever made. That's that's uh, a lie. Yeah, much to his disappointment, <laughs> it's not the worst game ever made. Uh, he really wanted it to be. You know, he oh, it I was. Think he prayed for it every night. It was. It was the worst game that came out in 2016. Yeah, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I joke, I joke. But uh, The Last Guardian is yet another case of a game doing one thing really, really well that no other game does. And just like how uh, Justin, you know, so aptly put. It's about a relationship that grows between you and Trico. And as myself, I'm, I, you know, I love animals, especially dogs. And we kind of reflect upon our, uh, reflect upon the, our animals, like the dogs and stuff like that. What we really feel. And I feel like the relationship that you, you make with Trico during, throughout the course of the game and the way that game ends and the highs and the lows and everything else in between, it's just something special. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a game that I'll tell everyone like, oh, this is a game that you gotta play. This is a game that everyone will enjoy. No, it certainly is not that. But it's a game that everyone should try because they might discover something about themselves that they did not know before. It's one of those kind of games. And I'm not talking about, you know, like the pretentious motion, but I play genres of games, like specific games of genres that I, I grew to appreciate because of one singular game. And I, th- I feel like The Last Guardian could be that one game for someone else. Uh, and the the other game is... Um, you know, this has been, to me, 2016 has been the year of the visual novels. Because I, I talked about, uh, for example, I talked about the Phoenix Wright game. Um, really a great entry in that franchise. Valhalla, Cyberpunk Bartender Action. Another great indie uh, visual novel. And we also got another uh, entry into one of my franchise, one of my favorite franchises, uh, visual novel wise, Zero Escape, and uh, Zero Time Dilemma came out on the Vita, 3DS, and PC. And for those who are not familiar, uh, Zero Escape culminates uh, 999, nine doors, nine hours, nine people, and the Virtuous Last Reward, and now Zero Time Dilemma. And if I were to tell anything, if I were to mention anything about the story, that would be ruining it. So I'll just say that the Nonary game collection, which includes both 999 and Virtuous Last Rewards, is coming out in just a few months on, I think, PS4 and some other platforms. Um, so grab that and play, by all means. Like, if you enjoy a good story, if you enjoy sci-fi, um, if you enjoy solving puzzles, especially, um, those games are phenomenal, and I think everyone should just have a go. Uh, the other visual novel game on my list is uh, Science Gate Zero. I think I managed to interest a lot of people about the Science Gate franchise uh, in the last few months when I was talking about the original Science Gate and now Zero that came out. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I've said so much about Science Gate that I would just be repeating myself. But if, you, if you're looking for the, one of the finest stories ever written, not just in a video game, but just ever written, you should play Science Gate. It's, it's got some of, the, some, some of the best writing. For, and it has my, hands down, my best interpretation of what uh, time travel should be yeah, as far as its own rules and regulations goes. And uh, the next game on my list is uh, The Legend of Hero Trails of Cold Steel 2. And um, people should know by now that I love The Legend of Heroes games. I reviewed both of the Trails in the Sky games. Uh, I reviewed also the Trails of Cold Steel. Um, and 
JRPG, you know, people keep saying the words like, oh, JRPG is dead, oh, JRPGs are terrible, it's Western RPG. No, no. JRPGs have never been dead, and I hope they never will die because of games like uh, Trails of Cold Steel 2, because the way they do the characterization, the world building, everything that they built from the first game, where you go to the towns and the, uh, you know, meet the families of all the characters, really get the lay of the land on how the empire works. Uh, kind of get the structure of how the, you know, the, the government and how they handle, you know, business and all that jazz. All that culmination becomes a foundation for the second title. This is basically, uh, like, I don't know. This is it's it's akin to like the was it the what is that Revenge of the Jedi? Right? Is that the is that the second one or the third one? What? That's third. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strike Empire Strikes Back is the first one, right? No, what, what, what are we, what? <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is the second one? Yes, it's the second, yeah. it's a new hope, Empire Strikes Back, oh, Return of the Jedi. Hope. What's okay. wrong with you? Hey man, <laughs> I haven't watched those movies in a long time. Well then that's your fault. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, but I would say that this is kind of like the Revenge of the Jedi. Return! Of the, Return, Return of the Jedi? Of the, Jedi. the fuck is Revenge of the Jedi? Where did I see that? That was the original name, it's not what it's called. Oh, okay. that was the pre-production name. Oh, okay. Return of the Jedi sounds better. Yes, like it that. does. Yeah, but if if you're talking from a narrative standpoint, that's what that game feels like. It's a culmination of everything that's happened before, and the payoffs are huge. And I I can't wait for uh, Trails of Cold Steel three. If that game was coming out this year, it would trump Persona five on my most anticipated game list. That's how much I love these games, and that's how much I want this like third game. And the fact that it's going to be a PS4 exclusive has me uh, even more uh, anticipating it. And uh, you know, you know, I hate being like predictable, but I you can't you can't just not give it to something because you don't want to be predictable. So number one's Overwatch, <laughs> and that it kind of drains the life out of me at the same time because I don't have anything to talk about because everyone's already said everything that needs to be said about Overwatch. We've never but, talked about Overwatch on this show. Yeah, exactly. We talked about it way too much. But I will say, the culmination of my experience with Overwatch ended up so far and level 375, 342 hours played. Noob. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of hours put into one game. And the thing is, like, I'd be playing some other games. I'd be hardlining a game to play uh, to finish for review, you know, meet that embargo date and stuff like that. So I would just really go crazy. But my friend will say, dude, let's play some Overwatch. I'm like, ah, damn, right, sure. I can't, I have a very hard time saying no to Overwatch. So so I want to point out with Overwatch that I don't play it. I played it for a free trial. I liked it, but it's just not my thing. Yeah. But I will say that even though I don't play Overwatch, I never stop hearing about <laughs> Overwatch yeah, I know. from you, from my coworkers. From friends, and I'm like, I don't even have to play it, and I feel like I'm playing it. So it's it's, a, it's definitely you're, you're, play, you're definitely playing it vicariously. You're yes, right. yeah. seriously. Like I don't have to play it because everyone plays it around me and talks about it like consistently. I mean, even the other day, you guys will get a laugh at this. My coworker's like, "Hey, Justin," I'm like, "What?" He puts his pinky up and he's sipping out of an Overwatch coffee cup, and I'm like, "Dude, mother." <laughs> So, yeah, but they hit hit a nerve with gamers, so that's cool. I give them them good credit for that. Yeah, it it is definitely the game that uh, took over my life. And the significance of this particular game and the reason for it being number one, because for a game to be number one for me, it it has to be more than just a great game. 
I hard fell off first-person shooters. Like, you would not have found someone more hardcore into Counter-Strike during, like, the 1.6 days. I used to go to, like, LAN parties. I used to compete. I used to be, like... You guys think I'm good at, like, Overwatch and some other games? I, I consider myself good at Counter-Strike. The amount of hours, over a 1,000 hours played on Counter-Strike, okay? But after that point, I was like, ah, I want to find something, some new games to play. I played a bit of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you know? That was, that was really a, a good game that I played for a long time. But it never quite hit the heights of uh, Counter-Strike uh, 1.6. And from that point, I played basically every popular, every new first-person shooter title. Years upon years of Call of Duty releases, Battlefields, this and that, Battlefronts, Titanfalls. I played all of those games. And none of them made me want to play more after a certain point. Like, I played, like, Battlefront, and I laugh at that game. That game is a joke to me. I don't... I understand that some people enjoy it, but, like, for my enjoyment level, that game is, like, lemmings. It's, 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 it's not even not even something that I can possibly enjoy. Titanfall 2 is a little closer, but when I compare every other first-person game that I play since Counter-Strike to Overwatch, it doesn't even compare to the enjoyment level and what I'm looking for in the game, which is about talking about the heights of team effort and how much an individual skill matters. And it hits a balance between the two so masterfully that whenever I play a game, I never get bored because it's a brand new game because I'm playing different heroes against different heroes and the maps don't even matter as much because... The philosophy of Overwatch is heroes first. And every single map that you play in that game, and the reason why every map takes so long to come out is because they stress test those maps with every single hero in the roster, with every variation, to make sure that every hero is fun to play on that map. And it's just, it's incredible. It's just the Blizzard polish. And I don't think any other company could have done it. Such a varied cast of characters while being so even, you know, and the continuous release of content with seasonal events, the fact that it doesn't have season passes and all that nonsense that we have to deal with with other uh, AAA titles is just another cherry on top. And uh, yeah, that's that's why it's my number one. Uh, even though I kind of I kind of don't like being predictable, but I got to give it when it's due. All right. Well, we ran long, but that's fine. We had six people. Uh, we are doing a follow up show. Drew will be hosting that on Saturday. Uh, I will also forward him your personal list. We had a few emails of people sending in personal lists. So I will forward those to him so he can read those on that show. And then next week, boys, we're going to be talking about Switch. Yeah, baby. Uh, um, uh, on next week's show. <laughs> yeah, the Switch is being totally unveiled Thursday night. Get hot. You say Thursday night, but do you know like what time? Oh, uh, it's is it eight or eleven? Um, it's, it's eight Eastern. Time? Eastern? I was just, I was it... gonna say it's uh, four a.m. UK time, which means it'll be eleven p.m. your time, Ken. Okay, so Eastern time, it's it's eleven, and then for I know Justin, you're are you two or three right now? I'm two right now. Okay, so it'll be nine o'clock your time. It's at night. Yeah, it's there because they're doing it. Uh, it's actually in Japanese, but it will be. Done. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, <clears throat> and then there's a treehouse Friday morning for the games. So oh, man, I, I I am excited to hear. 2017 already kicking off with some hype, baby. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but that's it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being on the show. I know it was a long one, but... Uh, what, what a great year for gaming, though. Can, oh we, can we all agree that? 2016. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Amazing yeah. year for gaming, and 2017 looks just as bright. We got Shut up about Overwatch, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> My game of the year for 2017 is Overwatch. Yeah, the new yeah. Christmas patch just came out. The new out. Christmas uh, patch, uh, <laughs> Uber Easter edition. I got those bunny ears, and they're dope as shit. Yep. Dude, if May, if May gets an Easter bunny costume, I'm so <laughs> in. Oh, I buy that. oh, you know that's going to happen. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, but anyway... Look forward to that. We hope you guys enjoyed this. As we said, 2016, amazing year. 2017 looks to top it, and that's a big, that, that's a big ask. Yeah, I can't wait, man. So many good games already. Two new pieces and of like, hardware. Well, um, Resident Evil this month. It's weeks away. Uh, yeah, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he might Someone's be a little excited. He might be a little excited for that game. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's only my background desktop right now. Yeah, you know, it's probably your for like PS... the last like announcement E3. It's probably so, your yeah. PS4 theme. Oh, too, you're right? talking about the game. I'm talking about the movie. Sorry. Oh God. I'm all, I'm 100 <laughs> in for the movie. I don't oh. know what you guys are talking about. I love those movies. Fuck you. I do too. I, actually, I, I've just rewatched all of them, ready for the for the new one. Oh, they're cheesy as fuck, but yes. they're awesome. I love them. But anyway, that's it for 2016. Yeah. It's finally over. 2017 is here. We'll kick it off with a bang next week. Uh, but if nobody has anything else, let's let's move forward. That. Nothing. Good. Bye. Bye.